When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Make some noise! So happy to see you, Burbank! Harmontown is now in session. We have a very special guest for you tonight, but we have an even specialer guest for you tonight. Sitting in for Spencer Crittenton is Steve Levy! so much Jeff Davis nobody more than me but I'll be sitting in my name is Brandon Johnson let's bring up the mayor of Harmontown Mr. Dan Harmon thank you thank you very much I don't have any notes I don't have any there's no show there's no show tonight but it's a it's a beautiful summer night thank you for coming out to Burbank where see if you were here last week we started we're, we're zeroing in on the on the eight o'clock start time this yeah. time I believe it was our fault I think we yeah. walked up at eight o'clock yeah. so I don't think we could have started the show sooner we're 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 battening down the hatches if, if that's what you do on a ship when you're making it a better ship I think that's not what you do I think no. you just that's what you do when a short ship, ship storm is coming yeah um, uh, welcome, Steve. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah, big big shoes to fill. Uh, just keep judging me. Uh, yeah, sorry, Spencer's not here. I'll tell you some things about Spencer since he's not here. He's usually uh, he's a libertarian. He uh, he voted for. Uh, it's, yeah, that misfired. <laughs> so is thirty percent of my viewership. <laughs> Listenership. Uh, yeah, I was going to say he's a Republican, but I thought it was too arch a joke. Yeah. So I went, I tried to make something funnier. Like if somebody says, how old is that? And then you, you could go like, oh, 85. And it's funnier to say 27. Unless he's 85. Spencer's 85. <laughs> and a Republican. A Nazi Republican. Not even like a log cabin, like supportive of gay people because it makes fiscal sense Republican. Like a fucking hardcore master race Republican. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and he hates the fans. Hates them. Doesn't doesn't like them. Isn't grateful for them. He considers them a pox. Um, and uh, he doesn't. He likes dungeons a little bit. Hates dragons. Uh, never uses dice. Uh, and we got. I moved into this new space because people kept saying I that were coming from out of town. I want to see Spencer. So I like lifted him up and put him over there. Put a, a mannequin behind him and. But now he can't show up because you know why? You know where he is? He's uh, he's he's Being whale famous. hunting. He's out hunting what? whales for sport, not even for oil. <laughs> he's hunting whales for sport. Do you know where he gets his, his his the oil for his whale harpoon gun, which uses twice as much oil as a whale generates? Z- zebra. He uses zebra oh, no. oil to hunt whales no. for sport. Did you tell him about the puppy dress he made? (laughs) Didn't even wear it. With his ivory sewing machine? (laughs) Uh, Conflict ivory? (laughs) 
Not regular free range, the, the elephant knows it's been raised to give ivory ivory. Like actual fucking like, there's a, there's a Gaza strip of the ivory poachers and I know this is challenging for you, but there's two kinds of poachers and one is technically relative to the other kind, the good kind of poacher and Spencer is not on their side. He exploits them. The, the poacher you'd feel sorry for if you were sealed in a room with only poachers and had only known them, that's the poacher that he exploits. Right. Uh, all right, well, so be thankful he's not here is my point. Um, it's just little old me with his lack of a show. Oh, boy, let's go to Burbank and pay, what is it, $5 now? I, man, I snuck in. $75? $75. Oh, they're, they're creeping it up. So I thought $5 was like, like look, it'll be half price like you know, half what they paid at meltdown and then we can be twice as bad and it won't you'll you'll break even <laughs> how much was that drink this drink was a dollar okay we'll see <laughs> it was an optional dollar yeah it cost you a dollar because there was a jar that made you feel guilty <laughs> the cost of being a human is a dollar the drink was free otherwise we're under arrest <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's the Harmontown speakeasy. Uh, but thank you, thank you. You're welcome here, sir. Uh, you're not miked, but you're welcome here. <laughs> um, all right, well, yeah, I mean, I've spent... I, so see, I've been doing this thing. I, I, I ran in last minute because... I. And, but this is really valuable for me. I... I started making these little garage band songs and, and music videos and putting them on Instagram, and I've been very... It's been very therapeutic for me because it's not something I'm supposed to be good at. I'm not a musician. Nope. Wrong. I am, it turns out. No, no, no. I'm just making these goofy little songs. I'm using only the free software and, the, and only using my phone and, and, my, and my little ear pod, uh, ear, earbud uh, microphone and anything that exceeds that. I'm like, because I, I want it to be a hobby, not a profession. So I'm not supposed to be good at it. So it was very relaxing to me. I was having a really good time and I was churning out these amazing little hits. Uh, we cannot wait. These little loop We cannot wait. Well, He's quite a wordsmith. Well. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, here we go. World premiere. It's still my other hobby, which is getting this show to the point where I can just play shit. I, I, is, <clears throat> I'm falling behind on that hobby. I, I, I can't. I, that'll take 10 minutes of dead air. So, uh, But, but I, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, if you, just, if you follow me on Instagram, I just make these little ditties about taking poops and being hungover and stuff. And, uh, and so I was having a good time. It would take about two hours to make the song and then I'd like, like run around and shoot stuff like, like, like me pooping and stuff. And then I'd like put it together in LumaFusion, the, the iOS's uh, 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 premier nonlinear editor. Um, we lost Brandon. We lost him. It's not a good show. Um, the, uh, 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 no, you can go do it. You were going to make a drink. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, it's, I'm, it's we're fine. all good. We're fine. Okay. What? You, what? Oh. Oh, he was, oh, you're picking the I thing up? I want to hear the story. Well, don't pick up. <laughs> just bad optics. Uh, all right. So the, the, uh, the, 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 I saw, I'm, I'm really relaxed. I'm happy. Then Cody gets sick. She's got like a throat thing or something, some kind of throat thing. And it's like, she's quarantined, so we can't see each other. So I'm like, I'm going to make. Thank you, Chris. He got the phone to work. Uh, Steve Levy is plugging in the phone for you. Oh, you plugged in, you plugged in my phone or you plugged in? It's my phone. You're on Instagram. It's okay. Pu you're a public figure. That's how it works. Okay. Know? All right. That makes he sense. That, he got that Spencer shit down. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I really, I, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek too, and it really makes me miss Spencer because uh, the relationship between Kirk and Spock is uh, not to endow myself as, <laughs> as Kirk, but but like the the dynamic between them is is uh, make, makes me miss Spencer a lot. But that that, that show, like that, that that show, was straight up racist. But be, before you could even be regular racist, like in a millennial sense, it was like not only forget about we'll talk about Nichelle Nichols in a second and the treatment of, of her character and all the women, but 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 forget about that. We don't need, we we know that the '60s were an, an unenlightened time and that we are now living in a Camelot. <laughs> of progression uh, historians will look back on 2017 and say they really understood uh, they really got it um, uh, the, 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 there's going to be a hot dog on our dollar next week uh, it's like we're, we're do, we might as well just do whatever we want no one's ever going to see from history which is what you were supposed to be doing, through the canopy of fucking Trump like you might as well do whatever you want down here doop a doop 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 women I don't like them uh, no, you guys only heard that. The aliens will never hear it. No. They'll, 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 they'll be watching him touch a ball with a, with a wizard. Uh, they'll go like, these people were fascinated with this man who was so strange and wonderful, I guess. Because from, from we, we don't know anything. Our DNA only has three letters and all of them are genius. And so we have no life. We, we sleep for a million years just to make bread. Because <laughs> it comes all the way around, like, like they're, they're like genetically washed out. We must abduct people and replenish our DNA with ape man and cow anus. I love this recipe already. Part ape man, part cow anus. <laughs> Try it, Blimflock. Mm. I'm feeling a little feisty. Like you could make a coffee table book? No, don't be ridiculous. I am part of the meme nerds. <laughs> then keep keep trying, and I'll be back with more cow anus. But we already tried that. Shut up. Uh, so where, where was I? Uh, oh, Star Trek. Yeah. Well, whatever, man. I, I, that, that, but I'm saying, like, that show didn't even know that non-white people belonged on TV yet, and it was still racist because they made up a race called Vulcans, and all they did was bust his balls the whole yeah. show, because he only had one thing about him. And he was just like, look. I have one gimmick. It's kind of easy to understand. It's sort of my religion. I have a funny haircut, pointy ears, and it's associated with the fact that I only deal in logic. I don't deal in emotion. And then they're like, okay, got it. So, so we understand that. So at the end of every episode, they'd be like, of course, that was kind of feelings, wasn't it, Spock? And he's like, he's like, why? You, why? He's just like, everything on his face is like, like, why do you do this? Why do you... <laughs> Like, like, when is this gonna get funny? Like, I, I can't hear the fucking impish music. Like, I, 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 I can only yes and you logically. I know that's gonna make you even funnier. But like, what if I, what if, what if Spock was just like, you're right. Come on, guys, leave me alone. And then they'd be like, ew. And then you'd hear that like flute, that comedic Star Trek flute. Um, but then they'd stop respecting him, right? Because he'd stop saving their life all the time, and he wouldn't be able to throw them through walls. Uh, but, but, but. He I don't know. It's, it's just like, that's how we treated exchange students. Did you have exchange students in your high school? Like there'd be some kid from a. They'd go like, "This is Andre. He's from. He's from fucking uh, 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 France. Germany." Yeah. Okay. Sure. I mean, Germany is the easiest to pick on. Like the German ones were the hardcore because their jeans would be too short and too tight, and there'd be like one ball hanging out awkwardly. <laughs> There was a guy from Barcelona that came to our high school. I didn't want to say that because I don't want you to think I went to some rich people's high school. And I, I don't know. It feels like exchange students like 
that they come from like warmer climates maybe are richer or something like I went to a shitty high school like but I don't know why anyone from Barcelona would, would come to Milwaukee but goddamn they must have been so fucking bummed out and, and then and then to be in our little 600 kid high school in this brown deer w- w- Wisconsin and then the kids were just like so fascinated for the first two weeks so like hey say this say say my balls or whatever our thing you know whatever our Swifty. I tried to change it from Swifty last minute and it didn't work. Uh, t- 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 just say Goyerty. You know, like you know, like in your high school, you got you got your little things. You go like Norb Flork, and that means p- pussy, but it also means like the principal's fat or whatever. You got your codes, and then so you, the kid, you say Norb face. Hey, say hey, Andre, say Norb Flork, and, and and he's like, what does this mean? Is Norb Flork? Uh, is that just a? <laughs> That's already funny. What does this mean, this Norb Flork? Is that he asked what Norb Flork is? That's not actually funny. That doesn't, when you grow up and start practicing comedy, you find out that doesn't qualify as a joke to confuse someone and that for them to seek clarification. It's not funny. It wouldn't work if you saw it on SNL. They wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't get, you know, I'm not saying that's a gold standard, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't say this sketch is ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, third grade style, like fifth grade jokes. But then they finally go, Norbflark. And then, and then you, whoa! And the roof comes off the school, and Andre said, Norbflark. And then he says it again, like, because either he's going to play ball, he's like, that was a real Norbflark. And then you're like, ugh. <laughs> and then, and then he just, that's how we consume people. That's what we do. We're a giant, we're just a big, that's what society is. We're individually, we're wonderful people. We're better than the, the giraffes, not to, not to sound like a broken record, but... The chimpanzee is a beautiful beast, like, and we are basically chimps. The, the thing that we created by becoming the perfect chimp, which is society, a, a byproduct, I would say a wasteful byproduct at this point, we're all choking on it, society is like carbon monoxide from a car, like it's exhaust. Society has been created around us, or let's say excess society. Society you probably wouldn't complain about if you were running through the apocalypto forest and there were people behind you going like, you know, you don't have a society so we're going to kill you and then your society came the other direction or through the jungle it'd be like thank god for society but that's just gang shit in a jungle uh then 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 you start like making things to grind your food instead of blah 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 and then you cut to you know you know the stuff that we're in right now where you're like looking at twitter and you're getting mad because there's a guy with a shirt that says buck Obama, and you're like you can't swear You don't know how to swear. What are you? What are you? Posh? You, you, you don't want to. You don't want to sully your fucking forebrain with a profanity. It's a free country. Say fuck Obama. You fucking hillbilly nerd. Um, I wouldn't want to use the f word, but uh, let's just say that person's not human. Where was I? I don't know. I say I, I'm man. I'm stuck on that superior chimp thing. Oh well, yeah. Well, we're that master, was amazing. But then we turn, we're done together. We're we're this biomass, and we what we do is starting on the playground. We see individuals, and we start practicing coalescing. We go like, oh, I, what kind of shoes do you have? I don't know. What kind of shoes do you have? Same shoes, same shoes. Well, that's good. Your shoes are too the same. Well, my shoes will be a little bit different. Okay. Well, that person's different shoes are a little cooler. And you're forming this like little blob. And then there's the kids, all of whom became my listeners, who are in or like further. <laughs> away from the blob there's never gonna be any coalescence it's gonna be it's like way over here so the blob goes like <laughs> whoa scoot 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 just visiting not coming over here what's with your shoes and you go like I fail to see the logic and why you're asking the shoes ah! 
energy. <laughs> and, 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 the, and, and there was no exchange about shoes at all. Your just soul was just sucked away and the blob goes scoot, 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 goes away. Or the suckers go, oh, come on, guys. I'll try a little harder next time and kind of follow the blob along that they'll never be a part of. And it, like those are the people like in Blade that have the tattoo on the back of their neck, the, the thralls, the, the glyph slaves, the, the, uh, the familiars. The, the, the Renfords that will then run out into the night or the daytime for Dracula and go do uh, whatever. Ren, 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 Renfroth? What the hell was that, guys? Renfield. Renfield. I was close. Oh, shit. We have a guest. He's standing over there. Okay. What do you want? I, well, I, Did you schedule anything for me tomorrow? Yeah. It's Memorial Day. Okay, but I didn't know that when. Yeah, you didn't remember Memorial Day. I was asked to schedule that day. Who asked you to schedule something? Smalls. Okay, that's writing work. No, not Leonard Smalls. Who's Leonard Smalls? I could work with Leonard Smalls if I wanted. Whoever that is. So you want me to cancel? No, because we're way behind on that. Well, maybe... Look, I'll... I'll, We we should do this right now, you guys. You have a fun dinner tomorrow night. We should do this right now. Yeah, because there's no, you know, there's not a guest over there. Right, right. <laughs> People. Fred, I'll oh. bring you up in a second. I just got a few calendar items to sort out. I want to clear my day tomorrow. <laughs> Respect for one person's time on stage. It's mine. Uh, I'm a, I'm a real wizard about it. Uh, let's, let's welcome my, 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 my good old friend, Fred Stoller. I'm already all sweaty, so I didn't want to like hug you. I forgot the water. I um, <clears throat> this is pressure. It's well, they told me just have fun. Yeah. So do, I'm glad when they remind me to do that because sometimes they don't. Yeah, yeah. And you come up here and you yeah. cry. And you seem you, you seem like a guy. I've known you a while, and you're you're always a guy that knows how to just have fun and go crazy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like if somebody, right, somebody yeah. tells you like like don't try too hard, like you know how to do that. <laughs> like, I um. I, well, you were talking about like the pressure because they, they didn't pay a lot. And when I used to headline and stand up, which is very brief, I used to feel sorry for the people waiting online to see me headline at a comedy <laughs> yeah, club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not confidence. That's. Uh, I mean, I, it, yeah. Yeah, you got to really think you're entitled and you're great. So hopefully you could pull up the slack of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting into this. I, <laughs> yeah, I'll be here. I'll be here all night. I um, <laughs> I always feel, I feel bad, but when you were doing stand up, are you still doing stand up? Do you still actually? No, no, no. I um, I I did it a long time ago. And first of all, the confidence when I saw the people lining up to see your show, and I walked po- by them, and they had no idea who I was, and uh, and I'm the whole show, and he's whispering. You, I look familiar, is what I got. <laughs> Sometimes I get a, maybe he said a, but uh, if I'm lucky, people, they come up to me, they go, where do I know you from? Right. And, and I list my credits. And if it's a single mom, then I do the kids animation. <laughs> right. Try to hit on them like a pedophile. You know, like, hi. 
hey, I'm Rusty from Handy Manny. Is your daddy not around? Hey, I'm a monkey wrencher talks. Just ignoring the kid and trying to talk to the mother. I, uh, are you are you a bachelor right now? And tell me you you. By the way, I don't know you don't you. If I'm ever prying or anything, you don't have to talk about stuff. Like I, I don't know why. I, yeah, I'm like Greg Proops. I only riff about pop pop culture. I uh, nothing personal. No, I just I um. Does anyone know me? No, I. <laughs> I need something. I think that when people see your fame, I, mean, I think you're, this is the lucky kind of fame. I would say, I would, I would wager. There's plenty of people that wouldn't maybe see your face and go, "Oh, that's who that guy is." But then when they say, "Where do I know you from?" It doesn't matter what credit you choose, because as soon as you start talking, they go, "Oh, Fred Stoller." No, they don't do no. that. Usually, they recognize me. And they go, I don't mean to uh, bother you, and I'm so glad someone broke up the isolation that now I'm bothering them. All right, right. <laughs> I go, hey, where are you going? I've been to the Grove before, and I'm following them. And uh, <laughs> I'm so lonely. They, the frustrating thing is I did one Seinfeld, just a few Raymonds, and people think I'm rich. Right. Like they point to the Hollywood Hills, he must live up there. And I... <laughs> Specifically, show them the exact little apartment. <laughs> There's a new thing called celebrity net worth. Have you looked up yourself on this? No, no. It, it has, you know, with him, and it's, you know, probably, you know, 18 million, you know, all that stuff. Right. And, and, and I'm on it, and it's very wrong. It's 1.5 million. And, uh, you know, so I've had dates that. Uh, one woman goes, this can't be right. I go, right. Ah. She goes, yeah, you have to have more than that. <laughs> so people now look up my credits. They see a lot of stuff. That, and would, that, that would be nerve-wracking. And, and so, yeah, I have somebody, because somebody was in a Twitter fight. spat with me. And there some, it must my income or something must have come up, like whether I'm fancy or richer, because it must have been. And then so, so then somebody posted as if like spiking a football this link. <laughs> I, I was like, what is this going to be a link to? Is this how you get like doxxed or whatever you got? Was that like, and I clicked on it, and uh, it was this thing like, yeah, like what are they worth dot org or something yeah, like right. that. It says Dan Harmon worth net worth five million dollars. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Money then, you don't know about. And then I went through it. I said, I guess it maybe. If I like sold everything, I guess worth is like yeah, it's not liquid. It doesn't say how liquid are they. Like maybe if I sold everything and borrowed money, no. Uh, and, uh, like and what Rick and Morty will be worth in syndication. They're putting all. Oh that well, down. yeah. Well, geez. I mean, if you're allowed to start counting that, then I'm Enron, right? Like I get to just go. <laughs> Because I, I would, I would, if you get to start counting that, then it's like, well, because I'll, I'll never see that money. However, it, right. I, I do have a stake in it, so it's like. Like sometime when I'm 70 years old, in theory, a check for like hot topic Rick slippers will come in or something, uh, and I'll be like, the, like, like, like it'll be at the right medical technology, or they'll be able to just feed those checks into the machine that keeps my heart beating for 10, <laughs> 10 more beats. And they'll be like, Mr. Harmon, you're doing great. You're 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 70 years old. M most your average person lives to 35 today. Can you hear the gunshots outside? Can you smell the sulfur? Oh, I love the more money, more Rick and money, more money. <laughs> He calls it Rick and Money now. 
I love how savvy people are now. I mean, you are savvy because you know you know show business from following him. But I was at this thing. Hey, you get good you get checks. You know, they hear what Larry David. Hey, they'll see a Seinfeld I was on right. and go. Hey, checks are coming to you. How much? Yeah, that's my impression of a moron. <laughs> I um, but answering a question, I used to do stand up and I fell into it during the '80s comedy boom, which no one. You were alive, or that's how a lot of their parents conceived them. Was they both of their parents had an open mic and <laughs> during the '80s stand-up boom, and here they are. And uh, I was very shy and depressed, believe it or not. And uh, and now people have different ways to make it. You go on YouTube, you see this and that. But I only knew like uh, stand-up. Someone I thought to make it as an actor, your parents have to put you in the Brady Bunch. Only children, and I was another reason to hate my parents right. for not putting Fred in a TV show. Like, you fuck. And, uh, <laughs> like, they knew they were supposed to do that. So then I went to. A I guess comedy that makes sense if you're a kid and you're thinking about the people on TV. You're like, how else would they. Yeah, yeah. you don't know. Like I said, now there's every, you know, E Harmony. Not E Harmony. E. Whatever the hell. Um, <laughs> you know, these links. Like, this is how you make it. Like, I probably wouldn't have been a stand up if I tried now. I, I don't know what I would have done, but. The, you're just savvy with everything. You'd have been on an improv team. Yeah, I would have been yeah. so good as you could see. <laughs> yeah, I think that's because the internet hasn't changed anything about the industry in, in the important ways, like the idea that, I mean, I, that's a ridiculous generalization. The internet has changed some things about the <laughs> entertainment industry. But, uh, but the, 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 the biggest change is basically the size of the waiting room for auditions. Like that, 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 that's, that's yes. how I put it. Like, especially for actors, like nothing's changed for actors. Like, oh, how do I get my start as an actor? Well, you know, you want to say like, oh, just get on YouTube and, and, and put on a fresh face and just like, but they, they've been doing that for 15 years and all it does is that's, they might as well be doing that. I mean, they can make a million dollars doing that and never get into Hollywood, but then uh, Google will say, sorry, Fart Smart's been shut down now. Um, <laughs> no more Fart Smart. I grew up on it. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's like people think Fred is there's so many more opportunities now well no there's just more bullshit yeah. you know now when I was you know came to Hollywood there weren't as many things but they were like real things like a part on Murphy Brown right or, you know what I mean or like uh, Amen or something it was like a big deal when I moved to, to LA in like the mid 90s late 90s it was like a person would get a spot on a sitcom. Yeah. Like, they'd be like, the pizza guy that hits yeah. on uh, Dharma. Yes. Um, and, and, but it turns out to be Greg's uh, uh, clone. Uh, no, not clone. Why would clone? I can't even pitch a fucking idea. I can't get through one idea. I fucked it up at the end. If he says clone, use the same actor, you dipshit. You already own that guy. I've done so many delivery guys. Yeah, so I've now lost it. I've lost it. There's so many more quote-unquote opportunities, but it's so saturated. But we would have parties. We would have... Every Everybody, everybody would show up at that person's apartment. You have chips and nachos and uh, chips and nachos. Fucking, I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna fucking kill myself on this stage next week. And I'm not saying that for clicks. Are you? Maybe you'll kill and murder yourself. <laughs> you have cheese puffs and little doodles because hey, so and so got got a, They're gonna be what? One time it was on wings. It was like a guy yeah, going, come on like, So the wing, the guy would come through on wing. You know, it'd be your friend, and he'd go. Someone ordered pizza, and, and, and he'd go like ah ha. And then the and then, <laughs> and then the commercial would start, and you'd turn up the music, and you'd just be like, you know, like I, when I would do guest spots, my friends would say. 
where were you on it? Meaning you're the beginning, the middle, so how much of that shit do I have to see? <laughs> it's like a short of them, you know, because they're flicking back. What's that? Uh, don't ask him what's that. <laughs> what didn't they ask? They, they, I know. It's, uh, the, well, there's a there's a there's a gimmick with the people yelling stuff out that I've encouraged somehow. And uh, that's it's, all right. I'm it, not going to be it, a pussy. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to be gentle for me. Usually, usually, I, I if somebody starts yelling something out because they're so concerned about something, I, I find that about 75 percent of the time it becomes fruitful. I'm like, like, what is this person? You're you've lost your mind. We're talking about ninjas or dolphins or something, and you and, and then they'll, they'll, they'll keep talking and go, do you want to just come up here so that you stop ruining the show and talking to the microphone and then they come up and then you know several of them become parts of the show and uh, and so it's a fun nice part of the show it's like a town meeting but then I have guests on and then someone goes like put hold the butter and then I can see <laughs> I can see your nervous system go that means I'm failing uh, like, yeah. like, like, because it does if you're at a stand-up club like Kumail you know Kumail Nanjiani yeah of course like I said he's like the he's like the brightest smartest sharpest dude oh but I, he has like a stand-up like DNA so like when people talk in the audience I can see his like I can see his like like Iron Giant like 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 like, like it's just like oh no what no what 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 were you saying oh, oh. well yeah when you're oh so you're saying you're a fucking idiot okay and then, and, and then and then he just continues and I'm like okay well uh, when you're trained in stand up what I did the you know like I said the comedy boom in the 80s then when I started getting some guest spots. We, we think we're bombing because I come in a Murphy Brown. Hey, I'm the delivery guy. I, go, I suck. You know what I mean? Because it's da 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 da. Right. And uh, but yeah. then you go into the writers' room. You, haven't you worked in writers' rooms and stuff? Not too many. I, the only thing I was on Seinfeld as a writer, and there was no writers' room. Did you know how Seinfeld worked? Not really. There's. Um, I was brought in in the 94-95 season, again, before you're born, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what happened was, I knew Larry David from the New York stand-up days, and he would kind of taunt me, which, uh, <laughs> I sound like an Indian now. <laughs> you're like a pathetic loser. You're like a piece of shit. You make everyone feel uncomfortable because you're like a handicapped guy walking around and they want to look at you. Your head's down. Uh, when's it the last time someone like you got laid? And, and uh, that's really what he said to me. I was... At my friend's surprise birthday party, this became a curve episode, he came late. I want to scream surprise like a fucking idiot, you know? <laughs> All right, I'm in here now. Hey, he's no, it's a, Rodney. He's, it's, he's, uh, he's just Rob Schraub, but nine octaves lower, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, so, so he was, everyone in 94 was writing a spec script, you know, for Seinfeld. <laughs> And he goes, how come you never wrote a spec script? And, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm an idiot. Because, like, again, people are savvy. I thought when you wrote on a sitcom, you make the salary. I didn't know that sitcom writing became five jobs ahead. Like, the idea is not to, hey, I'm going to write on Seinfeld and make whatever the 2000 a week would be. <laughs> Sorry, if you're right. at home right now. I'm going, why was that funny? Yeah. 2,000 a week. I'm going, all right, I'm getting right him a little bit. Dan has and, uh, picked up a kettle bottle and the ice is completely I, uh, attached if you're listening. I'm thinking, all right. Uh, I, like, yeah, it don't still perfect. focus. Fred's yes. telling a story. Fred doesn't want to like, and then I've lifted it. It's like a fucking yeah. what I Marx mean Brothers bit. <laughs> it's everything you want. Dan, what I mean is now people know about... It's nothing more primal <laughs> All right, than well, the the ice to get broken <laughs> off. And uh, what I mean is now people who... who 
I uh, forgot why I was going the liquid out of the bottle. And I, I, I don't mean to bash Harvard because, you know, it's cliche, and I'm sure you went there and the community writers, but, uh, but they know... I went, I went to dirt. All right. <laughs> that's a, don't you know that's my issue? You don't, because we're both narcissists, so you don't know. I have, a, I have class issues. Uh, that's why I couldn't function in writers' rooms, because everybody was from Stanford and Harvard no, and no. Yale, and I'd be like, what? Every time we got in a fight about coffee, I'd be like, you know, I'd be like, enough of your Ivy League bullshit! Well, well when I was uh, temporarily on Seinfeld, which I, I'm plugging, I had a Kindle single called My Seinfeld Year. Did anyone hear this? Well, it made him laugh on one person. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you. We will be and handing out copies at the end of the show. <laughs> well, the, the actual thing is, I'm happy to see you, but only disappointed because thinking I was going to plug, I have a new one, and I sent Jeff Davis the PDF of it to save a dollar ninety nine. What it what it costs? Thinking he'll be going. Hey, it's great. Wait, uh, I'm so, I want to make sure I understand this. You sent Jeff Davis a PDF of my new book. Of your new book. Oh, okay. Thinking. You know, go, hey, I don't want him to spend a dollar ninety nine. There's these things called Kindle singles. They're legit. I know a dollar ninety nine people make fun of them. And and uh, yeah, dude sent it to me and so could you pretend it's really good, five minutes to kill and your That Jeff? book I could it changed my life. I've I've read a lot of authors and this book, your book, the book. <laughs> All right. Well, and, I'm uh, positive that if in any way... Because here's the thing. I've talked to Lee Daniels about <laughs> yes. making your book into uh, at least uh, a four-part movie series. What about Leonard Smalls? Uh, and Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls as well. But when I was on Seinfeld, one of the Harvard guys goes, you know, because I would pitch things from my life, which was just fucked up, you know? <laughs> he goes, you know, nothing bad ever happened to me. I have to make things up. And I wanted to punch him like, now something bad happened. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. These guys were never unemployed a millisecond in their life, but they learned how to do the Larry formula of just in, in doing things. So, so basically, <clears throat> there's no room. You know what a writer's room is, right? Okay. Okay. They can, they can put it together right. contextually. <laughs> <clears throat> so basically, you have to come up with a Jerry Kramer or Lane, and who's the fourth one? I, I, George. 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 I by accident did 50 milligrams of an edible the other night. I'm an idiot. <laughs> the other night. Yes, and it's still in me. Right. And uh, so you have to pitch. There's no room. Like, no one's trying to come up with stories together. My analogy, it's like a homicide division. We're all trying to solve murders, but our own murders. <laughs> And fuck you, I'm doing the O'Daniels murder. You, we shut our door. We don't help you. So, uh, so I'm walking around, and there's a guy. I have a restraining order from him. I'm not making this up. Um, from? Because he... From uh, my book, My Seinfeld Year. Check it out. Um, I, I talked about some people, and I got sued, and I have a restraining order against someone. I didn't mention his name, a writer. And I called him a pseudonym, and he would... He lately, when my book came out, he would pound on my door going, what? fuck you, you ruined my life, you know, because I, I haven't worked in 10 years because of your book that's been out three years. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> You should read my book looking for someone to blame. Yes, yes. So, so he would like bang on my door, leave notes, and he had this fixation. We would go on Dr. Drew, and, and he'd leave notes. We're going to tell the world what a piece of shit you are in Dr. Drew. That was his... Manifesto, like. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Back up, because I don't understand that. You, you, you said you, he had. <laughs> you were on. I, I, no, no, how no. did Dr. Drew get involved? I, I, he I, I, I didn't. thinks that I know Dr. Drew so well oh. that we were going to go on his podcast, and I would confess what a piece of shit liar I am. 
That is some bullshit. Yes. He was like, oh, I got this deal. You should get us on some Dr. Drew so I can get some money yes. and to get this episode. We'll get so, residuals. So this guy pretended to be my mentor. Oh. So I was on my own. He goes, bro, it's like, nah, I'm here. But, but I'll show you the ways. And I, was, I made myself look like an asshole for listening to this guy. So I was the one who put myself down in the book that I'm such a schmuck. I don't believe that you would put yourself down All in right. your book. I, don't, <laughs> I feel like it must be another one of these. I'm such a big shot. Yes. <laughs> and I don't get the narcissist, but in a different way. I get it. Oh, I get no, yeah. It. No, you know what I mean? Yeah, I you and I, I hate, I mean. hate ourselves, but we, I That's mean. That's what I always felt about Howard Stern. In one way, he goes, yeah, I'm cool. Then he puts himself down. Right. Didn't you see that dichotomy in Howard Stern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, to me, it, it, I, I, I relate to that. But you, you're a purebred something. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, you're amazing. And I, 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 that's why you're, I mean, I'm jealous of you because no, you, you, your voice, like, you, well, because <laughs> so what, much that this guy's walking out. Like, and, when, uh, he's getting a, he's just taking a poop. No, he's no, fine. no. It's, um, uh, but, but no, when you would get up on stage at the, uh, uh, when, when I was, I, I was living in Milwaukee, I hadn't moved to LA yet, and you were, you were, you were the, one of the, like, five, six. There used hot, to be like, a thing, uh, like, there was so many comedy sentences. So many of these cable, Evening at the Improv, Paul Provenza, um, Mario Joyner, that you could make a marginal living doing the same set every, you know, on all these, the, the A-list, we called it A-list, because everyone was on it. <laughs> but those But you shows, would come out, I mean, the, and you, we were coming out of an age where, like, someone would come up with a hammer on their head and say, hey, I'm Hammerhead, and people would laugh, and then that person would be kind of fucked for 10 years, but but um, <laughs> you weren't you weren't one of those, but, but the funny thing is that you were so on point, you were so true to your own voice that I bet a lot of people think you're doing a character like and because you would come up on stage and you would use the audience would stop clapping and then you would say something like yeah I'm kind of a I guess you're probably thinking I'm I'm I'm, I'm like oh, oh hey look at the look at the cool guy or something I just I, I like or like yeah, yeah that's I'm, why I quit stand-up because yeah, of stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. reactions yeah exactly that's why I never but you know you go like I'm a I'm a bit of a thrill seeker or whatever you know you had your you had your yeah, bits I live about, on the like, edge I drank milk that expired yesterday yeah, yeah. all these jokes but, but, but when you when you would say I'm a thrill seeker the audience would unanimously laugh and that's the thing is that that's that seems to be part of your voice is that you're like I, well, I, like, why is that funny? Well, because uh, the, they looked at you and you said something that they were thinking. Remember Louis Anderson's bit when he would say, yes, he would brilliant. open with fat jokes, and then he, after he did like three minutes of fat jokes, he'd, he'd take a pause, and then he'd say, I always have to open with the fat jokes, because if I didn't, someone in the audience would be sitting there saying, do you think he knows? Um, <laughs> and, and, and 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 that is like a thing of like 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 it's it's about essence. It's like what Sam Christensen was at this 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 class that I took in right here in Burbank. You told me, and you said you'd guarantee I'd get laid if I took it, and you were gonna pay. Did but, you take it? But, no, because you didn't pay like uh, you said you would. All right. You guaranteed I'd get laid. Did you remember I say, saying well, that? I'll, I'll pay for it. I, no, I, maybe he was gonna pay for the lay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking up Sam Christensen. And, uh, yes, know who you, you know, the thing is, I, a lot, like a lot of comedians were insecure, but I never learned overcompensation. Like these scrappy guys, hey, I'm Greg Fitzsimmons or whoever, I'm scrappy, hey. Yeah. You know, Shots fired. You know. <laughs> I, Mad comic beef I right feel, now. 
I feel embarrassed, yeah, like saying, hey, I'm great and all that stuff. So, like I said, I, I got into stand-up because it seemed a way, I, my idol was like Jimmy Walker. I never saw a guy like him, skinny, black, funny looking. I go, hey, that's Don't like keep me. looking at me, man. I know. <laughs> if I don't, if I don't, it's racist. So, you know, when you're on purpose. It's not Dino Mike. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but, he, he looked away on funny looking. He was yes, saying it. I know. But I had to get it because he was, you know, he's trying. Uh, I'm trying to gain. It's like I, 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 I can't pitch shows. A few times you do. You ever try to engage like the third person in the show? You're not just right, talking right. about a really important person. So in the show, and then hi, third person. <laughs> we're not ignoring. There'll be three different arc breaks, and you're the really important person. And I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that fourth one, and that's I did it. a. I did a. I, <laughs> I, I, I went to a show where it was for so, it was it was right when the the stand up thing gave way to storytelling. So now I was allowed on stage with you guys right. and uh, like like a Beth Lapidus show or something like that in L A. And like uh, and one thing I did was like because uh, I'm such a master storyteller, uh, I, I just that just stuck out in my head. I'm like, what the fuck did that sound like? But, but <laughs> I'm just saying like now I'm in. Yeah, I was waiting for my opening in this world. It was it was, it was because of a TV credit. Let's be yeah, I'll be frank. But then you get then you're allowed to go up to like these cabarets shows and you like you have a drink and you say my dad hit me and they're like that's great here's 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 a drink um, and, and, but uh, <laughs> I I, uh, I did one of those and it was like me Mark Marin and and, uh, and maybe like let's say Scott Thompson I think was there right. and it was uh, and there was like we almost outnumbered the audience and, uh, and, and so it was like right on that bubble where it's like they must have talked about canceling the show there's like six people sitting there and then three and then the other two performers and I remember distinctly like it was such a weird thing that Mark Marin, while he was on stage he coped with the with the the weird sensation of performing to only that many people I had never I had only met him for the first time that night but he just kept on maybe my I laugh was louder him. or something but he, did, he basically kind of did his whole act to me but it really filled me with confidence I think I killed with the six people afterwards but when you or no, oh yeah I probably went on before him and so he was just like you know what I mean you know what I mean like, yeah you like, need the feedback well when you're talking about comedians how they um, you know like uh you know, a man, I'm the cool, uh, I'm, I'm the, uh, blaming old age when I forget names, the guy, you know, Silicon Valley, Dinesh, but... Um, Kamel. Oh, yeah. Kamel yeah. Nanjani. Yes. Well, how, I did some guest spots. Bob Saget had a show called Raising Dad, which sounds funny, and uh, it was the two kids grew up, Arison Briel and um, Kat Jennings, so Saget and Kendler, they were just working Paramount had these tours going through and they'd be doing a rehearsal and hey, hey, and uh, you know, in acting class you'd have comedians and you're doing a scene but they'd work the other people for laughs. Uh -huh. So comedians have that mindset but what you just said about storytelling, when, uh, I'm bringing back to the Seinfeld writing, so this guy would always say, I'll tell you when to pitch laugh because you have to approach his door and knock and come in and pitch a Jerry Kramer, Lane and George story and you can't do anything till they're approved. And I'd be approaching, goes, not a good time, bro. Not a good time. <laughs> and I was so insecure. I tried everything out on him. He goes, no, no. And, and uh, he kind of ended up sabotaging me. And uh, so sometimes, uh, 
one thing I learned from writing, and so there was no room, you're totally on your own. The one lesson I learned for writers, and I'm sure you could attest to this, is when you try things out on friends, people, smart people, only try it out on the guy that could say yes or no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Because I tried out things on this, they all, he said, no, 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 I'm concerned, that's not good. Then someone else ended up doing it, not because they stole it, but because they, tried it out on Larry David right. and I asked these middlemen. So well, I, yeah, I, I want to interject because, not, and not because there's anything to, to defend or correct, but because uh, I find this fascinating, that, that every show is different and um, I'm surprised to, to, to hear that, but like a lot of shows do have just the rooms where the people sit, so no room. powwow, and then there's like one, per community worked like that because that's how I understood it to work or yeah. rather maybe that's what Neil and Garrett, who worked on Scrubs and were helping me like run my first show. That's the show. way most like 97% work. It's like you come into work and you sit and then you've got a bunch of, it's like a police station where it's like you got your, yeah. your you uh, work on this here's and they what's work been going other. on since yeah. yesterday. So how is it going in that room and that room? And then they, people kind of go off back to their, so there's always like one person who's working on a draft or an outline. There's I, like a couple people working, hopefully if you're really healthy, that they're a joke room and they're punching stuff up. And then there's a story breaking room. Um, no, no, I had no idea what other episodes were in the pipeline, what was going on. You totally, so you couldn't do anything. One time I made a mistake, I tried out this idea. Kramer does a one man show called One Time My Uncle Hit Me. You know, <laughs> like those confessional things. And so I said, that's good, that's good. So I'm writing it up. And then I bring Larry in my what the fuck is that? You don't fucking put things on the board until I see it. But, but Lapisy said it was good. What the fuck, you idiot? So uh, you can't. Uh, <laughs> is it possible, Larry David, that there's something missing from your translation of him? That like maybe he's smiling while he's saying something. <laughs> well, <laughs> he seems to be a joyful guy. I know he's grumpy, but well, he. Was, one time this you happened. make him sound like like a bad guy from Revenge of the Nerds. Like, 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 he well, just wanted to. One like, time hurt this happened you. to me. He got, he got, he, his, the editing room was next to my room, so you can't do anything until the stories are connected. So I would like. One time I stood outside the room trying to pitch. I waited an hour, and these two aggressive wow. guys from Harvard went right in, and then they pitched. They went right in front of me, and I was so exhausted from waiting. I went in my room and snapped for an hour. So I would go play pinball, at, you know, walk around. And one time he passes, so he, he wasn't the worst guy, because he said something nice for a moment. He goes, I see you, you're not part of the clique. I, I see that. You <laughs> that gotta was the get nice aggressive. Thing. He goes, Jesus, that's the nicest thing. <laughs> yeah, well, wait, wait, wait till the story goes. And then uh, he goes, you know, when I was on Saturday Night Live, my, uh, all right, I don't have to, it's like doing Norm MacDonald, who I open for, don't get me started. You can't do a story without doing, ah, no, buddy, ah, yeah. you got the free sneakers, you fucker, yeah, yeah. So, all right, so I'll try to I do I think you should, no, keep doing your Larry David. All right, kinda. so he goes, uh, when I was a writer at Saturday Night Live, my uh, office was right by the elevator, and all the writers would walk by for lunch and not include me. So I know it, you're not, I see you're not part of the clique. He goes, so you gotta get aggressive. You find me on the, the, the floor, you look, and you throw things at me, just throw things at me. And I, yeah, and I went, all right. So I then go, hey, uh, hey, Larry, I had this idea. Yeah, there was a guy on uh, that season, Mr. Pitt. I don't know if you remember who he was. Um, and I said, what if he gets into it with uh, Jerry Stiller's character? He goes, that's a fucking stupid idea. 
He goes, all right, I did tell you to try things out on me, but that was fucking stupid, Freddy. I did tell you, but not that shit. So, uh, Why did he hire you? <laughs> he, he kept t- There's something missing from this story. I do think it, because it seems to me like, like you know Shrab and you know our friend Abed, right? You, yes. You, you, so, so you're saying I'm like Abed. Have you All seen, right. well, I mean, you yes. know, uh, but like, 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 no, the dynamic, I mean, you've seen Shrab abuse Abed. Like, well, my, my theory is, him. my theory is that he sees in me what he doesn't like about himself, because if he, when he was on Saturday Night Live, he didn't, like any of those, the equivalent of Harvard writers. But then when it's this thing, so he, I, I started in stand up with him and Gilbert Gottfried. He goes, Me, you, and Gilbert were the three biggest fucking losers. <laughs> he goes, Freddie, your only chance of getting a woman is if you're blind, because you're doomed. You're a Jew from Brooklyn. And we went to the same high school. I don't know. He saw something. So basically, how I got the job was Steve Scrovin, and I don't know if you know who he is, and it doesn't help in the story. Uh, <laughs> he was the one who had the surprise birthday party. So in 94, 95, before they got this influx of the Ivy League guys, he would like hire um, stand-ups from his New York days, and they would, and, and so it was almost like the beginning of Platoon, where uh, they go, you're gonna like the Nam, you know? Because I had friends of mine that were just, they would do the same thing, but they had camaraderie. Four New York stand-ups came in, and they were totally on their own, and you weren't sure if you were supposed to start up a story. So he kind of got a kick at it, you know. He goes, you know, a lot of shitty things happen to you. Maybe you could use the shitty things from your life, you know, right. for the Seinfeld episodes. <laughs> so he goes, uh, well, how come you never wrote a spec script? He goes, write one. Nothing will happen, but I will read it. <laughs> and I wasn't gonna, because that wasn't the route. I wasn't smart, like I said. People now, they know. What I mean, they're five jobs ahead is I thought, you know, you make a salary. Now, all the guys at, at lunch were at cat with executives from Castle Rock on their next three deals. I, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't savvy. Right. I wasn't even savvy I could get laid as a writer. I was, oh man, yeah. go back in time. And uh, That makes me feel, I feel, yeah, I feel bad. I don't want to feel no, bad no, 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 for no. you because I don't want my no, pity no, no, to like, no, sprinkle all, on you I, and like, no, grow a pity bad. receptor. No, 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 I'll tell you it's all a happy ending. Okay, all right. Because no, that wasn't my ra- route. I never, I know comics, they watched um, the Raw Petrie, Dick Van Dyke, and they wanted to be around a table. I just wanted to be a character actor, you know what I mean? I didn't know about houses and you, you write on sitcoms. And it never appealed to me like, you know, you see the run-throughs, they're like cows, moving on to Jerry's apartment. Then you see them on the Radford lot, they look like cows, you know what I mean? <laughs> they just, you know, the writers, you know, walking. I was always jealous of those people too, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to interrupt your, no, your story. No, no, but. no, so basically what happened was, I wasn't going to write a spec script, but in 1994, there would be people dying to have Larry David read their Seinfeld spec script. You know, so I said, let me just write one just in case, like the next Dan Harmon goes, hey, Fred, do you have a spec script? I'd have one ready. Because he kept saying nothing will happen. Or that Dan Harmon, probably yes. not the next one. Right, but, yeah. right, yes. Just to have it ready. And again, I, I, I'm an old man going, back then they didn't have the internet, and I had to really look for a Seinfeld script to see how it's done. And my friend helped me with the format. And in my spec script, I, I used a story based on many years ago. Oh, God, when you're old, you keep. I, I, my new book I wrote, everything is back before the internet. But, you know, you have to practice it. Back before cell phones. And before, before there was the internet, remember, 
when there was, now there's no such thing as a blind date. Unless your name is like Phyllis Smith, because you oh, this is what she looks like, what she makes. Uh, you know, you get pictures, Facebook. So someone wanted to set me up with a woman, but she was away from the, wherever, the Hamptons till the uh, summer. And I was so excited. I wanted to have the visualization to be excited. I thought of a funny bit where, um, what if I hire a police composite artist to sketch what she looks like? To go, all right, yeah, looking forward to that. So... <clears throat> That was part of the spec script, and then uh, I, I once, uh, this they ended up using at Seinfeld, I, I met a woman in London, and it was unbridled sex, this was 1990, when I Oh, 96. Yeah. And I remember, I remember, no, 1990. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the but beginning. I, rem I remember, I confessed to her, I haven't had sex in six months. She goes, so long? I remember when that was so long. Wow, I wish it was that recent. And, uh, you know why we had so much sex in 1990? We had no idea how to dress. Because uh, right. we like, it was 89, New Year's Eve. We were like, what are we going to do about right. all this Velcro? Yeah. <laughs> we can't just start dressing like hippies, too. Uh, we will by 93. But So I put in a storyline where I flew her to uh, L.A. And it was almost like she gave her ticket to a woman that looked like her. She goes, you flew me here just for sex. And she, if I said what instead of pardon, she'd scrunch. So he said, I like the spec script. Uh, yeah, yeah, let, let me show it to Jerry. And uh, so he liked this stuff and I was brought on and uh, just as a quirky guy. And then um, brought on as a to, to, to be on screen. No, 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 it's a staff writer oh, okay. from that spec script. So that's the, so, so yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. like, what, so rewinding from that, before that spec triumph, uh, what were you doing? You were at the office, you were being abused by coworkers, <laughs> but you weren't getting paid? Wait a minute, I'm confused. Uh, no, okay. You may have been a slave, and it's illegal. Wait, 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 wait. where was I not getting paid? No, I was on uh, staff so, at Seinfeld. No. I thought you were, because you, well, well, when weeks. you said you're five jobs behind, or you're five, you know, you're no, five no, no, jobs No, 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 what ago. I meant is that they're strategizing writers now, um, speculating. You don't go, gee, I just got a, a writing job on Community. You go, ooh, it's a cachet. Then I'll be able to pick, pitch FX shows. You I see say, what you mean. Okay, you mean. meant you meant being on staff on a sitcom. That's hardly the end of any rainbow. Right. Like, it, 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 but but, but it, they it, don't think, gee, uh, uh, it was called program consultant. I'm making twenty two hundred a week. Ooh, that's cool. No, they think Seinfeld. They'd be on lunch right. getting their next deals, and they're five jobs ahead. Is and, what I meant. and the unspoken implication there, I think, or maybe I'll put words in your mouth, or maybe why don't I just say my own, is the, the reason that's really true is because you could get that far, you could have a staff writer job on a sitcom, but then both because of what happened to the industry and technology, and because of the fact that you're right, you're competing with aggressors you're competing yes. with professional par you know i don't i don't want to undercut everyone that can hurt me in the business but uh, <laughs> and everyone that, that who and everyone i wouldn't want to hurt because i like them because they became right. my friends some of them but but there's a there's a dna there i always look at it like dog dog breeds because where it's like yes. because there's dogs that are good there's like you want you know, oh he's a great joke writer but um he's so he you know part of being a good joke writer is that he drives that person and that person so nuts, he has to fax his jokes in from home. <laughs> um, and, then, and then that person's a, uh, not that good a joke writer, but they're so like vibrant in the room that their jokes seem funnier by 20%. And then these other people who are different breeds, like they end up 
pushing that joke and because there's the there's the breed of you know it's a, I, it's I would, a, ca- I, a chemistry a symmetry yeah and I, and I would I would never want to say it because there's no such thing as a breed of dog that's a good dog or a bad dog unless you know pugs are evil but but no I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding I know that pug owners are driven by their protectiveness that's why I made that joke you can't talk shit about pugs that's the point of that breed it wouldn't exist but for the surplus of protectiveness in the human breeders that bred it, um, it can't breathe unless you Q-tip its face every three weeks. Um, it is a dog that is falling apart. It is a pile of dog. It looks like you spilled a dog. And their then, eyes pop out. I mean, it's it, it's they do. Yeah. It, it, they they what and what could they ever do? A dachshund? I'll tell you what. They used to use them to clean cannons. <laughs> I know every breed. They all had a use. <laughs> Anyways, arrow quivers. They would clean them with dachshunds. Uh, but pugs? Pugs are just there so that we can feel angry about, about yeah. people making fun of our dogs. That dog's cute for the first two years of its life. And they do not age well. <laughs> Old pugs are ugly as fuck, and they're, old pug owners know pu- it. Pugs were part of a uh, an ill-advised program to breed rescue dogs for murder. <laughs> I thought Let's that would get a big so laugh. I was, just, I was like, "This is impressive." I wrote this. I can't do stand up. That would have been. I would have. I would have wrote that down on a yellow pad. Guy, this will kill. I just wrote that in my head. Pugs are part of an ill-advised program to breed rescue dogs. <laughs> laugh, but no. Yeah, yeah. When, because you're breeding them all fucked up, like, like as fucked up as like a. So you don't have to go to the humane center to find, you know, because it's like, oh, that dog has three legs and one eye. I'm gonna rescue it. No, it's a pug. It's it could be a thoroughbred <laughs> pug, and it's she has a pug. It needs I see your that help. Face you're making. <laughs> no, I. You made a, a face like no, stop. I, uh... Well, it also elicits that feeling because if you look at a pug, you go like that's that's Sad. me. That's my. I'm an underdog. That's me in grade school. That's me in high school. Um, the, the that's the it's the little girl dressed as a bee in the blind melon video. That's what a <laughs> that's what a pug is. Because um, sometimes dachshunds you want to be tempted, but you're not. No, that's the kid that was into sports casting, and so all the basketball players thought he was cool. Um, could I, could I kill dachshund. the momentum of this bit that's killing? Uh, no, a writer. <laughs> no, my job. I just did. Uh, writer's question, which I don't I don't know if they care about this stuff. Do you think it's easier to fake being a writer on a sitcom than like a show like Breaking Bad or Justified? Like or a guy could just be aggressive and loud and throw out jokes. He could fake million dollar career in sitcoms, but can someone fake that in the world of uh, those dramas? Well, well, I want to make sure I understand the question because I do want to answer it, uh, but I don't understand well, the question. Well, it sounds like you were saying, or maybe I'm saying that, you could fake your way to a nice career in a sitcom at a table, fake it just by oh. making jokes and not really being as good a writer, but there's more of a skill set is what I'm thinking, those one hours, you can't fake it, you can't be loud or go, ha ha ha, then Brian Cranston dies. I, <laughs> hey, I, hey, I, I refuse, he'll have a stripper by him, oh yeah. I don't want to piss off my friends that right. work in, in, in on drama shows, but they're a less uh, fraternal bunch, so they probably aren't as easily pissed off, and the few I've talked to about this will confess that because when a comedy writer sits with a drama writer it's, it's only a matter of a couple of drinks before the comedy writer says admit it it's easier and they go yes 
<laughs> Which is easier. Yes, of course it's easier. There's no jokes. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> but you cannot tell anyone I ever said that. See, I'm, I'm in awe of that, like, justified, because I think, Rayland, uh, like, uh, whatever. But, but, um, but, but I just want to make sure, I t- because I, did, I, wasn't, I didn't mean to imply, I didn't no. want to be too cynical and say, just because there's all these different breeds of writer. It's a it, symmetry. Uh, they all need. Writer, first of all, the idea that writers could work as a pack, which is, again, how my, my metaphor is awesome, is an achievement of... Of the species, because writers aren't supposed to be subject yeah. to the Henry Ford principle. Yeah. That should have been the death of entertainment. We should have been in the era that we're in now, uh, in terms of like our definitions of comedy and stuff. Way back when the first studios were like, "Yeah, but can't you make it faster?" I don't know. What if there was more of yous? <laughs> um, uh, and, and, and writers were stuck in a room together. And just imagine that cave painting of writers being forced to do that. And they're the worst. They're egotistical. They're defensive. They're yeah. thin-skinned. They're they're thin, thick-skinned in the wrong ways. They're, they're you know they're the they're, they're the monsters. And then they go fuck it. Then we'll have rules for that. And we'll we'll that, 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 to me that's analogous with so the human species. So it's almost species. like the Seinfeld writers' room is more natural. I, I don't I don't. But I, also, I, it sounds like it was uh, weird. You yes. already said that you, you heard that, but but I think that's probably a successful show too. When the stakes get what high, doing. you can't dispute. And yeah. then it's like you're coming in, so you're coming. You, yeah, it's like the army knows what it's doing too. So if you come in as a new writer, it's not like, hey, my name's Samantha. Here's your bunk. It's yeah. like, fuck you, you, die or figure it out. And um, that's uh, what anyways, a good pack does. But but right? but but this is. I wanted to bring it around to the fact that because there's there's so much uh, like my my connection to you is the is the self abuse i mean you can't stop like you you just you have a pota- you have a potato in one hand and a potato peeler in the other and before you ever come around to peeling the potato you'll be like fucking like you will be be fully peeled yourself but but when people but, go fred you've been on every sitcom of the 90s not news radio not fraser and i got to correct that and all of that but it's like that's the thing is like i don't i don't even know if it's possible for you to become a douchebag because of that because you're going to be one of those over you said in the beginning I thought it was so interesting you didn't overcompensate we know that breed that's a dangerous breed that's that's 85% of like like people who the world uh, comedically like guys who were nerds and then they go well but I was funny and then they, they got that stick that says they were funny and then they start using it in a way that they wouldn't have if they didn't have that stick so it's like it's a weird thing but it's like well if you're fucking a victim and someone gives you the power because of they like watching you be a victim, it's it's well, it's, it's it's hard. And your voice, you, you've always had that voice. You've always been that guy for real, well, and people era. have always been drawn to it. And some people are even drawn to abuse you. And because yes, Norm Macdonald when I opened for him, and uh, <laughs> let's not go there. No, I'm just kidding. No, they're booing me for saying something they don't know. <laughs> you know, that didn't happen, Fred. No. No, like a guy like Don Even Marrera, they want to fucking abuse you right now. Just, <laughs> like a guy like Don Marrera, no one's going to bully him. Because I think I, yeah, I see, there's a morning, ta- there's a guy, I'll, I'll tell you later, but I don't want to turn on this crowd. Why don't you do that, Fred? They're sweating, why not have them? No. See, I grew up, there was no such thing as nerds. There were nebbishes, sad sacks. Nerds are like cool. And it's like, you know, now, there's a lot of com- comedians now, there's schlubby, 
and you know the, the, this like this guy, good guy, Ma, Ma, Matt Myra. You know who he is? Yeah. Heavy guy. He's a great guy. But if he was there in the '80s, hey, I'm a schlub. But it's like, hey, yeah, you're not a loser. Hey, you know. So it's this pop culture. You know, I'm like being a nerdist referencing Matt Myra. But uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm a. But yeah, it's like when I did stand up, there was no thought that I want to do it to be cool furthest thing. It's embarrassing being cool. So now it's sort of like the old nerds that were picked on. Someone said the nerds now are like the bullies. You yeah. know, I yeah. remember back in the 90s when this was starting, a Bobcat Goldthwait, I'm stealing his line, all these like Largo people, he goes, they're all so cool, like cancel each other out. And uh, so it's, yes, yeah, so nerd became cool. Yeah. And I resent that. Well, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you sh and you should. And then there's like Andy Kindler, who is awesome at moving with that resentment. And maybe that's not your essence. Like, like no. maybe, maybe, maybe. But Kindler, I have a problem with. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> I have a problem next. with him. I already went on Mark Marin did five minutes of why he bothers me. Now, he's a great guy. He's hysterical. But he would do these alternative rooms. And it's like, uh, ay, 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 I'm nervous. It's like an old Jewish guy. Why is this alternative? You know, it's like, there's a guy, Bruce Smirnoff, who's like a, uh, like a Jewish guy. Ay, it's very guns and knives -y. Yes, and so Kedler, why was this heralded as this alternative guy, this, this rebel who is the biggest schmoozer? Oh God! Oh, oh no, he's a great guy. No, I already <laughs> teased him about this. Um, but you know what I'm saying? He, I, I, you know what it is? My mother once said, "I don't like pushy, nervy people because I resent them. I wish I could be pushy and nervy." So I resent Kendler because he could schmooze. He's good at it. I resent so everybody because I wish I, w I wish I had yes. their abilities. Sometimes, I mean, how many times have you been cut off in traffic, and there's some small part of you that's like. God damn it, that person's winning at life. I've never cut anyone off in traffic. <laughs> Which means that I have spent so much more of my life in fucking anxiety and thinking yeah. about other people than I needed to. <laughs> yeah. Because that person clearly never thinks about fucking anything <laughs> and had that time for Pokemon or something. Yes, yes. Uh, like, and I, I, I don't, it's, it's never like, like I'm, I, what, what I'm, I just want to... I want to make sure you understand, and I think you do. I do. I'm, I, I don't. Don't feel bad for me. I'm happy because I could never survive in a writer's room. But I let's could forget about. Survive. But let's forget about, not, feel right. forget about feeling bad. Forget about forget about pity and bad yeah. and feeling bad and all that stuff. And just like I want you to know, like how prudent it is, how strategically. Uh, justified it is for you to stay who you are um, uh, because it ends up paying more. big money <laughs> <laughs> it ends up paying more oh, whether you. whether you have to well like, it's uh, just about what you can live with and no I consider you know it took me when I was younger it was more like comparing myself why aren't I this but it's really so liberating when you get older when you're out of the games of women and you know trying to meet women and trying to get pilot season when it's sort of over now I could do what I'd like to do I, I'm too old a guy to be pitching you know my own show and it's so liberating because you just well first of all that doesn't make any sense to me at all as I told you when I saw you upstairs I was dreading seeing you because I haven't seen you in three years and 
everyone that I haven't seen in three years is going to make me feel like I'm 90 years older because right. we're all melting at a parabolic right. rate. So I was like, I was, I, was, I was telling my girlfriend about you and, and like, oh, I'm going to see Fred and he's amazing. And she knew who you were by, by reputation and stuff like that. Reputation? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I have a reputation with a girl you talk to? What the fuck are you holding out on me for? Um, uh, but but no, I was talking to her about you, and I, and, I, and I I I in the I was I was, I was like you know he's Fred Stoller, and I was doing my impression of you because you're fun to do an impression of. I'm sure that makes you very happy. Uh, the especially uh, when Tom Kenny gets extra money at voiceovers. <laughs> and then like, I, and hey, then I stopped the middle, hi, hi, uh, and I got Randy. really scared because I was like ah, oh, Fred's like Fred, you could you could draw on a cave wall even if you hadn't gone to art school like 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 inside and out fred is so oh, specific and so re- archetypal and so pure and and now i'm going to see him and there's going to be something is going to spoil that for me it looked like christopher lloyd yeah you're going to like like it would be like something that was equally beautiful but if i'd known you for 20 years yeah. as the other thing i'd be like oh fucking time can suck my god balls whatever yeah. um the but you for, the, no. what, Still, like I sound like a Billy Crystal doing that uh, Fernando Lamas character or whatever. But the the idea that you look good and that's supposed to make you feel good. I'm saying you. Why why would you not be pitching your uh, no? I've tried original shows. I've tried, but I'm this the weird older guy. You know, I'm not. That's the point. It's point of view now. You don't. You don't. You're not. The game is not. I try. Make 350 million people go. Oh, I get it. What is that? I had an idea for a web series. You know, they like the idea, let's do it. A web series, they go, can you get some YouTube stars? Like, who do you know? Anytime I've tried, like, who do you know that's more famous than you that will sell this? <laughs> who are your friends? Can you bother Fred Willard again? No, no more bothering Fred Willard. I always bother him. I so, you used to call me on the phone when we, when we and, and, and uh, there were still landlines, and I was trying to write Monster House, and for some reason I was doing a lot of cocaine, and I... <laughs> I think it was because I just found out how easy it was to buy in LA and it was so hard in Milwaukee and I was like, I don't even like Coke, but now it's so cheap. Like, <laughs> And so I just had like the CD case. There was these things called CDs. You turned them and listened to them with a laser needle. Um, and, uh, and it was covered with like Coke residue and then I'd be trying to figure out why a house would be a monster and then the phone would ring and... <laughs> you'd be calling me because we had just made friends and you were like, uh, the the idea that I was the paragon of confidence for you was says a lot. Like, because you're like calling me for advice. I'm like, what is this motherfucker? Like, you're 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 like, listen, uh, have you ever tried? Like, what do you do when you park in a grocery store? Like, <laughs> like do you do you look for the? Because par- I've been driving. I, I I went I went to the I went to the store today, and I I just drove away. I couldn't handle no, the pressure would... anymore. I'm like, you you couldn't handle the pressure of parking at a grocery store. And you called me. <laughs> no, you you intimidated me because the last few times I bumped into you were really like angry, Dan. I mean, intimidating. Oh, so oh, so. Wait, wait, no. Larry, Larry David. No, I don't. No, I'm not no, no. Fan. You were nice to me, but like there, there were these stupid nature half moon walks and the full moon. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and you went. I'm just here to fucking get laid. And like, uh, <laughs> uh, I was in a bad place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And he sounds like, like really yeah, I'm it. fucking this bitch. And I went, all right, all right. I didn't say, I didn't say bitch. Please you didn't do no. that, but that helped a little bit. That helped to laugh a little bit. Did I say, I didn't say. No, I, but you got, you were so brazen. It was a very attractive. I would, I would have said, I'm going to have sex with this girl. You like, were like, a like very that, attractive That was the mode girl, I was in. A very, I, I won't say in front of here. I bumped into her since. 
and I was so jealous. She was sweet, and, and you said, I'm just here to fucking get laid. I don't think you said fuck, but you said to get laid. Because fuck all this. You know this nature bullshit. But uh, no, no, you're, you're great, but it, I, I was I, at I a, I was in a phase at that time but where I, I was like doing But you were acting like the asshole, and you were getting laid. There was a no, girl that had told me, that. and this is not negging, like, like there's a, this isn't that red pill yeah. shit. Like, I had come into my own as I, I, I had come out of a relationship where I was like, I can't remember what this was in between, where I was like, the justification in my head was for about a year, I just was, I was a pig, but that's, but not like, I don't think I was abusive. No. I, I, I was a pig. One, one, one woman said to me, which I will always remember because I thought it was, it actually summed up exactly what I was doing and she was a customer that was explaining, oh, this is why I stopped and bought this fucking soup that made me sick. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that's what's on the label. She, she said, like, I, don't, I, spent, I spent so much energy trying to catch guys and their red flags and you wave yours like a matador. <laughs> Yes. And that's what it was. And it wasn't, but You're that's not, I want yes. the kids to know, I want these millennials to know. First of all, I said that was a year and I was, I fuck, I look back and I almost killed myself and I was miserable. I almost burnt my apartment down. It was, a, it was a bad time. I'm not, I'm also not saying don't ever do that. Do it. Go for it. But, but, but that is not the same as this because these are weird fucking times and that shit is kissing cousins with some ideologies that have to do with hurting other people uh, in order to like get, get reverse psychology. This is a, the, 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 the baseline is total id. And that, that's if you, you meet somebody at a party that just says, um, I'm very lonely, would you like to make out later? Like, 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 like that's, he's not, he, the, 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 that guy can have a reasonable time. Like, 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 because, because then you're playing Moneyball uh, with statistics. And that, that, I resent the fact that that bleeds into this other camp that's about like taking it back from women who never took it away. Like that's the thing, that's why I wanna like put a big fucking fat asterisk on that. But I, I was going through that phase where I was like, I would just be, I was just and going on dates a lot because I, I felt like yeah. I had d done that wrong for the first part of my life. So every girl I talked to that I was attracted to, I would just, I was like trying to be in the zone where I'd be like, I'm very attracted to you. Um, I would try not to be, you know, like snow plow them, but like, 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 but I got a lot of like, like, like fucking humiliating, like eye rolls and like walk away. Like, like, really? You'd say that to me? But, but I'd be like, I was, I'm very attracted to you and I'd like to make out with you. Later. Now that you don't need those lines anymore, can we hear one of them or? What are you <laughs> kidding? <laughs> no, you intimidated me at the Super Bowl parties, super. Does Joel Hodgson? Thing? I guess that's just everybody in there. I was in my. I was that's in my late That's some people 20s. for 15 years of their life. Some yeah. people die at 65 no, years you, old, staying that way. You hear the humanity yeah. in him talking about Trump and all this stuff. I mean, that's why I wasn't as intimidated. You know. Um, right. I feel I need to do a Star Trek joke to get you back. <laughs> Because I don't know, I, I can't believe relate you. to this angst. <laughs> you told it? these people everything about Dan. Now I see why Larry David fuck with you. Yeah. No, well, I, that's that's well, I want to tell you something. People think I'm an easy mark, but I, I, got, <laughs> I got sued by this guy, and I, I, I didn't get bullied. I didn't get bullied with the guy with the restraining order. I pushed him away. And what I happened took him, with I'm, the end of that? And uh, <clears throat> he, um, to give him credit, he didn't know it was illegal what he was doing. Okay. <laughs> to, to, to threaten you and intimidate to you? bang on my door, leave right. notes, and say, let's go on Dr. Drew. So when, you say, so when you say restraining order, 
We went to court. Did you file it or did he file it? This is the funny thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I filed a restraining order. Um, some friends served him. And then a few days later, he serves me with one <laughs> saying, I can't go near him because I'm threatening him. So I go, wait, so I could get arrested if I'm in my own hallway where he lurks? If he gets this restraining order, this is you're describing Cape Fear. I think. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's like competing radiuses. You know, I don't know. Did anyone ever uh, file for a restraining order? That room you go to downtown? No. I, th- I feel like there's probably two people at least in the room that have. It was but weird because it's all different types, right? It's probably all not a fun situation. They want to minorities, like all different people, rich, poor, and then there was. Wait, a, did you? We had one hand up. Did you uh, raise did you it file because one that would you be downtown? willing to talk about your restraining order? Okay, oh would you like to come up, please? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's... that's Happy that Memorial true? Day. And you had to go to a place downtown oh, really? where you wait with all the people? I was a minor at the time. Oh, what happened? Check. I was told my... If you're listening to the live, free Wednesday podcast and my mic was bad for the first half of the show, we've replaced it. <laughs> um, have you seen Breaking Bad? I've seen Breaking Bad. So my dad was like a Jewish Walter White. You, can you? Sorry, what's your name, sir? Whoa. Ori. Ori? Can yeah. you like like for more than Eat you the think? Like, keep, the, keep the mic like like kissy distance. Wait, your father was a Jewish? Anything? Yeah. No, no, no. You got to Ori. turn your head and the microphone at yeah. the same it's time. It's not really working too well. You had Andrew. one job. One job. I gave one you. One job. <laughs> You think I'm sitting like this because I'm comfortable? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, my my you mean mom. A, 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 a Jewish Walter White. In what way? Well, he sold crystal meth and women. <laughs> wow. Welcome to the newest guest of Harmontown. <laughs> He'll be comp trolling from now on. <laughs> Was he a chemistry teacher? Uh, no, he was a uh, car stereo and alarm salesman, so he went from pimping, pimping cars to pimping women. You don't hear Jews as pimps. Well, yeah, I know. And now I'm what? I, I'm making fun of <laughs> a Jewish pimp. <laughs> I'm just so distracted by the math in my head. He sold crystal meth and women, so he had both. Yeah. And he wasn't done? Well, I mean, he... Don't forget car stereos. <laughs> I mean... Oh, okay. So this guy used... really craved car stereos <laughs> and could never get them. I mean, his, his trinity was he would get hookers to sell crystal meth to guys. Oh, you ain't got to tell us. And then they would, <laughs> they would fuck the guys and then do the meth. And then when the job was all done, they'd smoke the meth and then the meth would make them clean so then everything would be spotless. Wait, wait, make wait the clean. meth would make them clean? Well, you know, because meth makes you all like... Clean like a maid. Yeah. Oh, clean the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You were about to buy a shit ton of meth. <laughs> <laughs> meth can make me clean? I would like to try some meth. I'm so dirty. <laughs> Just got to get that colonic. Oh, my God, yeah. So, by the way, Levy is obsessed with colonics. I am not obsessed. He, ke- he keeps asking me to get one because he wants to. I, I've got, I, was, I was driving the car the other day, and I go, Levy, I order you to check out getting a colonic for me. And he was like, really? Okay. I know what's happening I'm here. more curious, like, if I actually got one. Would it you, feel good? You should be, no, no, to be curious I, about that. I think... For me, like, I would only do it if that meant you absolutely had to do it. It would. 
<laughs> we support you. I don't want to do it. What do you mean you don't want to do it? You keep bringing it up. <laughs> we want you to try but stuff. But can we get back to hookers and meth and car stereos? <laughs> I'm trying to learn something in this motherfucker. Well, now he runs a rehab center off of Melrose. Okay, so... <laughs> What, what did you, now he runs, I don't care about him cleaning himself the fuck up. I want to know, what was your restraining order for? Because um, he was doing like a lot of meth, and that's not good for like a grown child. <laughs> so how old were you at the time? I was like 16. So did you have to go to the police department yourself? No, I was a minor. My mom had to go, because the okay. DEA came into our house, and they were like, hey, your dad's doing some shit. Why do, you need, why do you need a restraining order if the DEA has already taken him away? Oh, no, they were looking for him. Okay. (laughs) Oh, and he may come back. Yeah. Is that a friend of yours or one of your dad's bodyguards? I have no idea who that is. We just got killed by a Sicario. (laughs) And what ended up happening to him and your relationship with him? That's why I'm back in L.A. I kind of came back to uh, work out on a relationship with him. You should have him on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I would if there was a story we thought we could track that would be worth clicks. Um, Yeah, yeah. No, but what what has changed? Has there been an arc in terms of you or him? I mean, basically, like, from when I was a kid like 16 like it's all started happening and then like slowly but truly I found out like what he was doing he was in jail he was a kingpin all that stuff kingpin yeah <laughs> Jewish king you see this that? that was made for me in jail oh yeah <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. So did you, so he, did you just touch it? for you in jail. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so, but you're saying what's changed is that the experience has humanized you. That you At 16, it was so volcanic. You, yeah, it was traumatizing at, at that age. You got out of there because you're a survivor. Yeah. And as an adult, can I ask how old you are? I'm 25 now, yeah. Okay, so I can ask how old you yeah. are, you young prick. Um, <laughs> uh, of course And he's I got weed in his pocket. But as a... As a, as a functioning adult, this is very admirable. Twenty five, I, yeah. I, I'd still be paying my rent off my anger at my dad. Uh, the, I mean, it's, the, it's you know he's paying you, adult you, child support. Basically, you're, li- right you're now. looking back and you're going like, but who's the guy? Is he in jail now? No, now he's running a rehab center off of Melrose, helping like other Jewish and adult people like get off the streets. <laughs> There's so many Jewish kingpins. Other, I, I, <laughs> yes. I like the placement of the and there though. Other Jewish and adult people <laughs> <laughs> off the street. So if you're Jewish, you could be a third trimester fetus. <laughs> if you... And addicted to crack. <laughs> right. Uh, but no, So that sounds like, I didn't want to force that narrative where it's like, so he's clean now, so it's time to repair, but but it sounds like I, he is clean because yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's running clean. a rehab yeah, center. He runs a rehab center So now. it's time to revisit it and, all right, yeah, well, no, let's have him on. Let's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Tell him tell him your f- podcast wants to talk about fathers and sons and, 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 for sure, and yeah. all that shit if he wants to come on, for sure. For sure. Um, uh, uh, who, what about my stained glass company? Well, it's not very interesting. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 it's, 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 no, I think that's, uh, what, I, what, who am I arguing with in my head? Why, why do I always sound like I'm defending myself? Who's, who's attacking me? My, my, my girlfriend woke up this morning and she went, oh, baby. And I went, what, what now? Yeah. And she went, I have a headache. And I went, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was so, so fucking ready for women to attack me in the morning. Like, what am I, a fucking, like, like weird cyborg? Like, that was... So, I, I have so much neurological work to do. Do you, do you believe in neuroplasticity, Fred? I'm... 
I never heard of it, but now I do believe it's in it. It's when your brain can change throughout yeah. time. No, I, I, late in life I got into weed because I do believe that, and I tried mushrooms and it didn't work, but I believe things It didn't could be work like, a, like nothing it, happened? Yeah. Well, yes and no. <laughs> do you want to hear the story? Yeah. Is, is, is Larry David in it? No wrong answers, but... <laughs> All right, I'll try to make a long story short. <laughs> I got into edibles, and I like them because I have realizations, revelations, where something hits you, and it's a, like in a visual. And you're, Wow, and I had a breakthrough, and, I, and now I won't go back. You know what I mean? It's, you know, right. And I love that. Someone goes, you really get that on mushrooms. Right. All right, I want to... So you always crave that. See, this is an See, important thing. I want to be like a commentary track... That is not, I'm opening the cut. You, you, I feel an energy from you when I interrupt you and do my, my prattling well, that you're well, like, I Jesus need... Christ, he's talking and I'm on a fucking track. And earlier you said, no, I, I love Duncan I want to get back to that thing Duncan so Trussell. that I can get back to the thing I was talking about. I love about. him. Uh, the, all right, but. <laughs> I'm you, trying to show I know stuff. The, hey. But you. Over the garden wall. You. <laughs> I was in that. All right. You like the idea of. You like that. realizations, yes. You, you, you don't have anxiety about a bad trip or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> I've had paranoia, but well, it's like anything. It's like if you're in a very bad state, it's going to compound at a thousand percent, like the loneliness, the isolation. So I'm I mean, smart yeah. enough. I got dumped on acid once <laughs> by your dad. No, no, by a girl. <laughs> Oh, your dad. It was very confusing at the time. Yes. <laughs> this is something that no one would ever assume about you, though. I guarantee you that. Because the average person... I think I'm so neurotic about the, it. The average person and, uh, d doesn't do ayahuasca or mushrooms because of the Fred Stoller voice inside of them. <laughs> <laughs> so to find out that Fred Stoller, who has that voice, work. is like, but, uh, yeah, no, I'll do well, it. I just happened? don't know how to get it. For what whatever. happened... <laughs> Uh, do you buy it at a store? How do you park there? I mean, what do you know? <laughs> well, what, uh, how do you keep people from judging you when you're trying to buy your ayahuasca? Again, being the old guy in the 80s, the few times I did weed, I, I, yeah, the Fred's still a neurotic Dude. guy. My throat hurts for three weeks. Uh, my sore throat. I'm right. dizzy. You know, ooh, uh, and I don't like alcohol because of the Fred's still a neurotic guy. I wake up dry mouth three hours later. I'm doing an impression <laughs> of myself. I'm nauseous. <laughs> I don't like it. So I thought weed was like Cheech and Chong. Hey, man, did you move the car? <laughs> no, I forgot. I go, I don't want that. <laughs> So, uh, you know, like, you know, Brian Posehn, you know, hey, right. man, hey, I like comic books, yeah, I'm a stoner, you know, so uh, that's what I thought weed is, hey, yeah. Just from your observation of other people from yes. the outside, you're like, I don't want to be like that on the yes. inside, but you found but, out. But then I found out someone said it opens your mind. So it's got more sophisticated. I think in the 80s when I tried it once or twice, it was just anything. And I smoked it. Like I said, sore throat, paranoia. But then, you know, you see on the news, you know, the There's legalization. Strains. There's actually different cancer, strains. And, yes. Yeah. And it, someone said it opens your mind. So, And then I listened to Sam Harris, who, uh, not the guy who, uh, no, you know who he is. And he's saying... Uh, I read the, the the book on tape. One of his that he's got daughters. He goes, I wouldn't like if they did. Uh, I'd be concerned if they did meth or crack. But I would want them to try. Uh, it opens your mind. And right. I started thinking about it. So and I then did some edibles. And I and I yeah I'd, I'd have things where I 
think I have a funny idea. They never make sense. Right. But, but I, I really felt, and, and I even would, would meditate. So you have a breakthrough where you, it's a visualization where you got something. And once you got it, I can't go back to what that was. So, right. so someone said mushrooms is better, and it wasn't. Mushrooms is, cl it wasn't. No. It didn't work on you. Come on, something well, the happened situation. you took mushrooms. Okay, tell us a story. Sorry, that's, your, yeah. Um, uh, Ori? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so just checking if I remember the name. Someone, a Go very sweet... <laughs> just buckle up. The, light, uh, the lights are warmer up here. Oh, oh good. But a very enjoy. sweet woman, who I don't want to put down. Um, she, she reached out. She has a boyfriend, but she, you know, she's seen me on things. Hey, you're an interesting character, and I like you. Not like me that way. But she said... And I, uh, you know, she saw me on some podcast talking about weed... And no, she does weed. So she met me and she got me a $40 top joint thing. And she and saw you on the podcast. Like Doug Loves Movies or the thing where you Excellent. smoke or whatever. Excellent. No, I didn't do Doug Loves Movies. A lot of podcasts uh, have live video feeds now for $5 a month. You can subscribe. <laughs> you, uh, is there one that you might know of offhand? Yeah, no, the one where you, you smoke weed. I yes. Did that one with Doug Benson. And um, again, that's another guy. You don't think of him as breakthroughs, like, eh, you know. So, but she goes, uh, you know, talking about that. I go, I'd like to do mushrooms, but how do you do it? She goes, I'll get you some, you know, we'll do it. And um, can I interrupt here? Yes. She's local. She's in your life physically. Or are you, contact, are you, are you connected with her online? She, she sought me out through Twitter or whatever the hell, but Dark it wasn't web. like a catfish because we had mutual friends, so it wasn't so psychotic. Well, I wasn't thinking, I just want to know, like, is she, is she a person, like, because I'm trying to figure out, like... Who she is? No, God, no, 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 no. No, I'm trying to figure out how much of this was, like, you, your, your anxiety was, was mitigated by, like, this was a I person that you were interested in that familiar. was drawing you in, that was saying, like, like she trust, you, I trusted, you trusted her. I trusted her. Totally. And this is how you met her, but you met her online, but then you were going to meet her, maybe? Yes, we met and she had the joint, and, um, and, and I just, you know, we talked, and I said, I, I never did that, I'm curious. And I had a birthday a few months ago where I'm tired of every birthday you sit around with eight friends, you know, yeah, yeah, my friends, and the check comes. You know, I want to do something adventuresome. So, <laughs> check comes. so I said, I want to do mushrooms. And so then there's a. There's a <laughs> That's your description of a birthday? <laughs> I mean, by no means do I claim that birthdays are fun, but your description of a birthday oh, gets more ridiculous. would make Vonnegut kill himself. <laughs> yes. You know, sit around a table. Well, it's always the same. Seven eight to eight people friends. To you sit. go, yay, I'm older. The check yes. comes. And everyone's dipping it up. <laughs> you sound like oh. a, the way a rock would describe <laughs> DNA. Like, like, oh, yeah, you shape yourself different, then you reproduce. It's so. always the same restaurant and it's eight, eight, yeah, the same eight people they're all very nice and right. I'm always alone Tyranny and uh, yeah and no, no significant other so basically so I said I want to do something crazy you know and um, so there's another uh, female comedian who once in a while she heard about the edibles she goes let's do edibles she texts me and I go well I want to try mushrooms yeah let's do that and I, so I wanted to bring her there. So it's three of us. 
just, you know, I don't want to be uncomfortable and, you know, be sexual. I don't know. It's a, I thought it's like ecstasy. Ah, you know, you're kissing and, you know. Which like, ecstasy isn't, just so you know. Okay. Like, I, I, I just did it with, I, I, I haven't done it with, it's, it's, you know. Yeah, See, that, that was that. one of the. Well, ecstasy one of the, is like synthetic okay. mushrooms. All right, it's like, it's like, it's like being, mushrooms with a salary cap. Is, like, this, <laughs> is this being homophobic if I say I was afraid to do mushrooms with a friend because I thought, oh, you start making out with a guy, everyone said. Right. You make out with whoever you with well no but not you that guy afraid. okay well so and, and okay, i don't want to that's poppers i don't want to scare but you say so there what it's like but you weren't afraid here, here let me all share. right i'm a i'm a hypocrite right me, see where no, this is going no, no, i was afraid where would you get women. that from? all right all right i, I can't even <laughs> i can't right. even finish my because of my yeah. self-loathing i can't finish my question before you're answering with your self-loathing i'm yes. saying <laughs> I'm saying let let here let me let me lay out like uh, I was hoping the woman that has a girlfriend maybe something with her. It, when I was in my <laughs> when I was in my twenties, I think I probably if anybody said uh, this is mushrooms. That's how that's why I did mushrooms. That's why I did acid because I was in my twenties. And and when you're in your twenties, you're just like driving into trees because you're like, why can't I die? <laughs> uh, so like, like, people just like hand you pizza and go like, this has been out for three days and you're like, why not four? Huh? <laughs> because you can't wait to feel pain and yes. you will someday. You yes. will. I got food poisoning at one point in my 30s. I got, you know, I got, like everything, I had bad trips in my 30s and stuff, but when I was in my 20s, which is when, that's when, that's when I feel Feel like my roster of drugs that I was willing to do when, were com was completed because it's like it's like the map of the world here there be dragons and stuff so it's like okay I'll never try heroin because I made it to 30 without doing heroin thank God so so now I'll, I'll never do it so I had, this is what like like but the fear the Fred Stoller voice inside of me that would not want to do mushrooms wouldn't wanted not do mushrooms because I'd be afraid of anything that would happen because of a successful mushroom trip. Right. It would be afraid of an unsuccessful right. mushroom trip. People reassured me. Okay, so this is what happened. The woman said, I'll be a mushroom coach. Okay. I'm uh, here I was for a trip you. advisor. That's fun. She goes, if you're freaking out, I'll take you aside. So you've been told this drug represents such a threshold that you the worst coach. case scenario is women taking care of you. Yes. <laughs> I'm starting to come around now. I, this is what I was seeking was like, I'm not judging you. No, I'm not, please judge. I'm like, you're still bolder than me because you're outside of your, you're, the fact that the story starts with you saying, I want to try mushrooms. Like, I, I just wouldn't have done it. Like, I would have looked for... Uh, well, again, I like the, the realizations. I'm, I'm very into, like, meditating. And, and, you know, Duncan Trussell, again, got me into Ram Dass and all this stuff. So Ram Dass ain't no joke. Yeah. It's <laughs> a you runner. Know who he is? You, you will you know the runner. He is? He ain't no, I know who he is. He ain't no joke, bro. <laughs> like the way you know, ain't to be fucked with. As much as you know about my book. <laughs> you can go and, back two episodes and he seeds Ram Dass ain't no joke as a runner <laughs> for no seeming reason. You're a time traveler, aren't you? <laughs> You set yourself up for a callback. Yeah. You're Marty McFly. The reason I do... <laughs> no joke made no sense back then. And now but, it's a callback. 
Everyone go back. I Everyone stop it. listening to this episode. Go back two episodes. He said, Ram Dass ain't no joke in this weird voice. All right. I bought it, though. I, uh, I'm getting drunk. Sorry. I... No, no. The reason I'm doing it later in life is I don't have any guilt. You know, I fucked around my 20s, 30s, 40s, my 50s. It's like, you know, I tried my hardest to meet women and write and do the career. And you so, made it to now visit. You look fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah. That was, that's layering in why I was mentioning that. Yeah, no. You have the American dream. You may as well fucking put yeah. a, your dick under well, a no, bulldozer. When, it, when it edible works right, I feel I could be in Hawaii when I'm lying in my bed. You know? It's time to find out you're into anything. Yes. Now, so, was it a tea? She make a tea. No, no. How so she what she it? did was so. The, all right. So this is what I thought. They said you can't do mushrooms in your apartment. You got to be on the beach and beautiful in Malibu. So I said, but yes. uh, so so she said you got to get a room. So I rented a room, and that way we could go out, come back in, yeah, sleep through the morning, wake up. So I, I spend my money, and I'm not that rich on a place in Malibu for the night. And, and she goes, okay, I'm your mushroom coach if it gets too much and this and all. So, so me, her, and the third very nice woman, we go to a, check into the hotel. And she, it's like that candy wrap you, you, you wrap it in. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't know, the taffy? Does cellophane wrap? You're just describing no, cellophane? food. Oh. But it's like Saran that. Wrap? Oh, they make Not a mushroom. Saran, they made like a mushroom taffy. Yes. So, so. Right away, I'm going, something's off, because I'm eating it, no problem. She said, yeah, this tastes like shit, the mushroom coach is saying. <laughs> and she, so then we go across the street to Malibu, and right away it hits her, and she's lying in the sand, and I'm picking her up, and <laughs> this is the coach. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and this guy, the only thing that hit me, I, I was paranoid, the guy who owned the house was Martin Sheen, because I know he lives in Ma Malibu, and he's looking, and there's a girl lying in the sand, and I'm gonna throw up, and he's on the phone, I go, you gotta get out of here. So, so I'm not Wait, really I'm feeling Wait, anything. Wait, I'm sorry. I the track, like, Martin Sheen, is, it, is that just something that leaped into your head because yes. you know he was maybe I was a little okay. paranoid. That's the only paranoia. Right, he wasn't I, there. I, I, could have been, I don't know if you were like, the only one I knew was Martin Sheen, and he's there, and he's no, on a phone. No, but I know you're he lives saying, in Malibu. You're imagining in your head Martin yes. Sheen is looking at, yes, down at No, but it was a guy picking up a phone. I think that might be Fred Stoller. Picking up a phone is a woman uh. turning in the sand. And I'm trying to lift her up. So the other woman ran off to get water. She said she's going to throw up. So like, um, so, so then the only, I think I did it for fun. I pretended we were like Dee Dee on the beach and, and she was a wounded soldier and I have to get her back to the hotel. So she's the coach and I'm escorting her and we're just taking her. And then... All of a sudden, I start narrating it, you know, because I go, people are walking by, I go, look at these people. They have houses and lives and their dogs and their kids. And I'm the 59-year-old guy with two women trying mushrooms on my birthday. And, uh, and I'm saying that out loud, and people are walking. So... So then, you know, there's a tunnel that goes from the beach to, you know, in Malibu to this. So she couldn't take it anymore. She's going to throw up, and she's worthing, is that the word, on, on the floor. And, and then this, this, this guy comes by with his family. He goes, uh, what's wrong? And I go, oh, she got nauseous looking at the water. 
<laughs> and he goes, she, he goes, she goes and seasick he was a black guy, and that has nothing to do with the story, but I have to say it. He goes, don't go on a cruise then, and uh, gave us some advice. Don't go on you the can, cruises. You can do the voice. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Stay off I, I, I miss that. You're way back. By the way, he's a black guy. Yeah, do the, do the, because that's the punchline of the story. Is don't it? go on no cruises. And, right. uh, that's not your black right. guy that's voice. That's not a good voice. Okay. So, uh, can I do it? I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> don't go on a cruise then, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, what you I don't know. He was being helpful. I assume he that he mad. grew he up in Pittsburgh. He wasn't Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> I was well, trying to make a, shade, oh. a shady spot so that he could have a picnic. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I thought I'd take the hit. I thought I'd create a racist canopy so that he could be like, here's what he really it's, sounded like. I'd be like, that's like, great. Like the waves in Malibu is so crazy. <laughs> you, you look at them, you can't walk. You know, you have to have two people escort you. So then uh. she, oh, I forgot this part. The mushroom coach gave good advice. If you, if you need to have a bowel movement, do it before it kicks in. <laughs> so that was the neurotic Jew in me, Andy Kindler. Oh, I got a make. Hey, and, uh, oh. Oh, did I not go? Is that just because taking a shit on mushrooms will make you feel like you're the universe's asshole? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what, why that is. I, like, I, guess, I love that that's a documented. That's like, but I, by the way, put, that, that's just clean. It's like throw the throw the grenade, not the pin. Yeah. Take a shit before the mushrooms, the mushrooms kick in. Otherwise, I guess I understand that because you your know what? turd the will be infinite. I'm having the go and you're tripping. It won't work. I don't know. So then she goes, "I got to shit. I got to throw up." So here she gave the advice. So she goes, "Get me back to the room." So. So she goes, you got to, so get out. I need the room. So, so we leave her there and she's, you know, probably doing what she's got to do. And then my, my, uh, uh, the phone battery died. I go to charge her. Get out of here. You know, stone, open the fucking light. And, uh, so we had to stand by the door. Wait, so sorry, no, you got to back up because yeah, something I'm shifted lost. there. You're, no, I'm, I'm with you the entire <laughs> way. <laughs> There's people attacking you now. We don't, we don't, I don't know. I no, we I would were... try to come in the hotel room I paid for. Right. To charge okay. my battery right. okay. and she goes get the fuck out of here who said that the mushroom coach the mushroom coach now known as the deuce dropper yes oh cause she didn't want cause she, she, she was freaking out okay what about the other she girl? was freaking out she was okay we were both we were both like we didn't know it was getting dark and chilly and we're standing outside the door and we're not allowed in so we couldn't I guess it didn't work cause we were like uh, we gotta save the coach and uh, <laughs> so I didn't have any guy. the only realization I had was the the comedian I was with? She, I go. You look like Bonnie McFarlane. <laughs> I would never realize that. It's a realization. Yes, that was the only thing that I realized. And it was Bonnie McFarlane. But you did, yes. live, <laughs> but you did live through. Although no one would pay money for this, the experience of oh, what would I do if I was in charge of a person that I thought was supposed to be in charge of me? Yes, that's a fucking valuable experience. No, I felt very proud and machismo. It's that, not birthday uh, valuable. Like, no. I, I would, I would have you have a better birthday. No, but that's it, a, it, and I have to say, she's a sweet woman, and she was very ashamed. And, uh, and uh, so the woman, the, the, the other woman who was okay, she has a girlfriend that said, get down to wherever she lives. Where does Ray Donovan take place near Malibu? I forgot. 
uh, in a world where uh, <laughs> secrecy is your last no. option. So, I don't know. So her girlfriend kept saying, get over here, get over here. And she didn't want to let her know she was stoned. She goes, I'm at a birthday party. And she didn't believe her. So we had to go to a restaurant and take pictures pretending. I got you. I think, I think the <laughs> beginnings awesome. of your stories have packets of information in them that I miss because I'm an afterglow from your last story. Right. So I think that's what it is because you change locations and casts. Yes. I was trying to say it was so crazy that that the, the, the other woman, we were outside the door, afraid to go in, you know, because she kept screaming, get out of here, I'm, I'm freaking out. I just want to lay there. Yes. She didn't want to be with anybody while she, she was, was freaking, freaking out of mushrooms. Out. Yeah, that's she weird. Was... I always make it everyone else's problem. Right? <laughs> if, I, if I'm having a single issue yeah, yes. with anything, yeah. I'm a, like, society is the first place I go. So... Wipe my ass on everything. <laughs> That's why the election made me so upset. I'm like, I'm alone. I can't wipe my ass on anybody. They're all wiping their ass on each other. <laughs> I was like, this is fucked up. So, I didn't mean to bring it back to that. No, so um, that was the mushrooms on my birthday. So you never tried mushrooms again? No. But I'd like to. What about that, my bad mushroom trips are like, when you have bad mushrooms, you... Ah, I got a pain in my neck, and I thought I was. Uh, I looked in a mirror, and I thought I was a walrus, and I like, and I like, like, like they're kind of like bad mushrooms, and so it's like, like it's basically oh. like acid, but so it's there's still a uh, psilocybin. I'll get it eventually. <laughs> we'll we'll edit it back in uh, when we do the bad mic pass. Uh, but but yeah, psilocybin. Psilocybin. That's is that in acid or is that just a mushroom? No, acids, um, lysergic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lysergic yeah. acid. So mushrooms, they've researched. I guess I want to urge you because you're fucking bold and badass, and a guy that says it's yeah. my 59th birthday, let's do mushrooms. Please do them again. I think you'll enjoy them very no. much. No. What about acid? Do acid. If people are microdosing now. <laughs> microdose. If you're micro gonna microdose. Yeah, it's so good. So good that his father's uh, rehab center is doing. Do acid. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do meth. Do acid. Yeah, yeah. he's really become his father in his bad years. <laughs> do acid. I mean, my dad's a Jew. Hoffman was a Jew. We're all Jews. Uh, um, no, I'm not looking to do anything ridiculous. But I like expanding the mind. Have you done ecstasy, MDMA? No. No. That's pretty. That's really easy. Like yeah, that, that's a fun. That kind of can't go wrong. <laughs> if the kids are listening. I was scared that I would do harm to my cat. <laughs> like over petting it? Like, you won't know. <laughs> Just pet him bone dry. All right. The cat's like, Jesus Christ, you have my number. <laughs> uh, I, you have the job. You give me food. Uh, I don't oh, know like, what you ate tonight, but I was already at an equilibrium spot. We had a business going here. I miss my cat so much. I miss that kind of affection. The, oh, the my kind God. You can't I, I lost... Buy. I lost two. One was 18, one was 19, and I wasn't going to get another, but someone got one from a shelter and the other cat wasn't getting along, so oh. I'm glad it happened. I mean, yeah, the cat is the... Uh, I love my dogs, but oh. I can't believe I got dogs, and I sit with them, and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's called nothing. <laughs> You're supposed to enjoy it. They're like, just throw the thing. I'm like, if I throw it, you'll just bring it back. <laughs> Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I will. They're, no, they're not like, yeah. Because if they were like, yeah, then it'd be sentient. But they're like, no, throw it, throw it. <laughs> Damn. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm from the future. Because my brain's bigger than a peanut. Oh. 
you're just gonna keep bringing it back and I'm telling you that you're never gonna understand this as a species it never gets any better than sitting under a tree grooming another <laughs> monkey and waiting to die <laughs> and if a spotted leopard comes around you go <laughs> and you all go to safety until the spotted leopard's gone and that is where humans started fucking up because we had nailed it and then one was like what if a spaceship and they were like you're great Carl but we but 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 Carl's not bad either because those chimps are gonna die anyway I'm sorry I, I harp on I, this a lot like I, 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 I saw think... the documentary of Coco the sign language in Gorilla with my friend it was so cynical going there's, a cons there's all these theories. Coco didn't really know sign language. He's just copying and really bothered me. You know it, what your is? friend bothered you? Or Co My friend bothered me that... That he had to... That, that, he was a, that his cosmology Coco. was so specific that it was important to him that Coco not know yeah, sign Carco, language. Yeah, Coco's full of shit. Yeah. doesn't really sign. I, I, that's really... It. I find myself wondering that all the time. Like when you're really with somebody and you're like, wait, what's with the pushback at this point? Yes, you know, like, yeah, like, 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 like we like, gotta let's examine this. It's like examine a Coco, like, and the, they had a thirty-year scam that Coco was just copying, not really signing. It's not even like I'm open to finding out that Coco's full of shit. <laughs> like I'm totally open to it. I find it weird when you meet the guy that's like Coco's full of shit, <laughs> <laughs> and I know it. It's not a tested hypothesis. It's just a strong belief. <laughs> like, okay, so you're like the guy in Awakenings, but if you wanted monkeys to not talk, <laughs> like, 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 it's weird to have that strong an opinion uh, given that there's no stakes to being proven right. Right. What they, <laughs> the only thing that happens if you're proven right is... They got a documentary <laughs> about Coco is what like they the got. Global, like, remember, Pat, do you know Pat Sajak was like a global warming guy? Like, Pat, that, 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 that bummed me out so much. Like, politics and the internet ruin everything. Turns out Pat Sajak is a global warming denier. Oh, wow. And, and like, like his tweets at, at a certain point were like, uh, follow the money. Follow the money. <laughs> follow the money. <laughs> global warming. Yes, yes. There's someone right now, someone is making a billion dollars by you Inventing. believing the world is getting hotter. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, wow. that's, it's, like a, it's like a cartoon or a game show where people spell common phrases. <laughs> so disappointing. You want Pat Sajak to walk off screen off a, a Wheel of Fortune. You want him to slide down a pole into like a den with a bear rug. <laughs> with a martini. Just, yeah, and, yeah. and solve crimes or something yes. that are based on rudimentary English. Like... like <laughs> Or just enjoy his life. I don't, I don't care if he jerks off at a bowl and drinks it. Like I want him to, I want him to be happy. I want, I want someone to affirm the myth of retirement to me. Why, why is it the higher you look, the less happy everybody is? Like, what, what are these guys? Oh, R Rupert Firemoon uh, died today. Uh, he had 95 divorces. He, uh, his face was a scowl. Uh, he owned 900,000 newspapers. He could tell three countries what to think but uh it was uh, no one ever saw him smile and he died and, and, and like 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 where does it go where does he, david hasselhoff was night rider he can't stop drinking long enough to go well, like i made, was night rider i thought he had the rights for the baywatch he bought i thought he made a lot of money i don't that. care about yeah. him i i because i want i'm looking for one person to show me the 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 path because otherwise it's then it's me i'm going like okay so i i have to sit in my bed and i have to like just jerk off on my girlfriend <laughs> like like 
and watch Star Trek. You don't have to. <laughs> no, I'm saying if I want to win the game of life, the way I have to do it is not owning nine airplanes. It is like exactly what I have right now. And then you go, yeah, okay, you so, whoa, oh, so now I wait to die. That's not fun. I don't want to want. No, 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 no. <laughs> Could I, 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 Expand your horizons. Get I, out well, of, yeah, because Fred Stoller's like, let me do bed. mushrooms. I want to, yeah, okay. You know, let me, yeah. let me ask you, and again, I don't mean to. I want to check this. So, I wouldn't, okay. I know, you're, you're too, too you No, we fucking up. nailed it. I think we just had our first perfect show. I was just looking oh. for the first time now, at the clock. And I you am, were here. I, you were here. I'm. I'm not as I'm not depressed these days because I like being creative. I'm not being an asshole plugging my stupid Kindle singles and books. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's plug your book for sure. It's called Five Minutes to Kill. It's about the 1989 Young Comedian special. Matt, you guys, I don't know if you remember. HBO used to have these big Young Comedian specials where a lot of people were launched, and I wrote about the one I was on because I found it interesting the trajectory and the diversity of the careers and lives. Two of them made it big, Rob Schneider and David Spade. They were, they were discovered from the Young Comedian special. Two of them had tragedies, Warren Thomas and Drake Sather. Oh, Warren Thomas was the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one woman, she's, she's beautiful, she's struggling. So I, I kind of interviewed widows of, and people, and it's like those like 30 by 30s. Like this yeah. is a college team that was, they were all supposed to be pros, two made it, two didn't. So you, is this you checking in with the, is So that, it starts in be... 1989 with um, six young, hopeful people, and I wasn't so young even in 1989 as a comedian, but. This is our big break, the Young Comedian special, and then what happens right away, Schneid and... Uh, right, sh- right, you can call him Schneid here. Schneid. <laughs> Combine Schneid. him. Schneid and Spader. Of course, um, Schneid gets his break. They get their breaks, and Warren Thomas had an opportunity to be on Saturday Night Live as the black guy. I'm, I'm looking at you, and it's uh, <laughs> so sticky. Was Warren Thomas the... Did he have a like Mike Tyson impression? Did yes. He, the, the dick in I'm going to put my dick in the butter. Put my dick in the butter. Yeah, so he was this guy that um, he there's a thing on Saturday Night Live but I actually think that's a, you're talking about the exact special that I remember I'm like 50 or I don't know okay 19 <laughs> in Milwaukee I don't know I, it's like, like, and then is it HBO yeah. and was it the a, HBO comic yes. specials yes and it was it was yeah okay. me so, Rob Schneider David Spade um Drake Sather and Jan Karam. Jan Karam was a precursor to all the beautiful, like Whitney Cummings and uh, Sarah and women who were hot. And she was really beautiful, but she didn't own her hotness. Like, hey, I'm making guys come. I'm not saying they do those jokes, but uh, like, sort she, of like kite linger. Yeah, that kind of type of stuff. So she was uh, really ahead of her time in that way with comedy. So yeah, so I follow from after our quote unquote break, Warren Thomas. Um, when there's a ritual I didn't know about that when you meet uh, Lauren Michaels, he makes you wait like four hours. It's mm-hmm. just an initiation. And he said, fuck this, and he left, and ended up going to Chris Rock, that spot. So, it's just, so it just takes us to 2017, following the triumph and the tragedy of the six people on it, including myself. That's, that, well, that's great. Uh, that, I don't have you. to pronounce that that sounds great. I, <laughs> I, I do. Um, so uh, I forgot, oh yeah, so I, and, and my Seinfeld year was the, so what I'm trying to say is I'm happiest being creative and just writing things in my own voice, so the 
the theory I have is, and maybe antidepressants help, but no, I'm, I'm happiest when I'm being creative, not trying to fit into puzzles, is that depression serves a purpose because then you're not afraid to die and we're all gonna die. So, so I wonder if <laughs> depression- So exciting to hear you talk. That's why you need to be pitching television shows, but none of you, but, 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 none but, of that's but, gonna, okay. But when I'm depressed, you're, I'm more in tune, because when I'm really depressed, I go, why am I wasting time with Twitter and Instagram? I'm more in tune and in touch, and in reality, so maybe depression is the real thing we're supposed to be, I wonder, because now I don't want to die, and, and I'd be afraid to. No, I don't want to, which is good, right? This is but maybe, but, but when, I, when I'm very depressed, I'm not afraid of it. I welcome it. So maybe depression makes more sense. Does this make sense? Well, depression is practical. Yes. It is, it is certainly, it is more practical than avoiding it, than thinking that it's wrong. And everything's great. you might be, there's, let's say there's two types of something for once in our lives. I know we hate saying there's two types of things. But let's say there's two types of depression. And let's say that the two types of depression are unfucking controllable biochemical yes. depression where it, it, as we all know if you're in a bad mood and you get a flat tire your flat tire is the end of your world if you're in a good mood and you get a flat tire it's kind of funny you got a flat tire right. if you're in a good mood and you win $500 in a scratch off it's 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 fucking fantastic if you're in a bad mood and you win 500 in a scratch off you, it's like evidence that capitalism has its hooks in you and Some so on and so go. forth like 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 mood matters more than fact um yes. especially when you relate it to fact so like fuck i forgot why i was talking about this why i got all excited but is, about is it, it oh, more practical because if you to not be afraid of death if you be depressed if whether or not either of the whichever of those things are true whether you are biochemically uncontrollably depressed or whether it's actually uh there's the other situation which is like kind of like yeah you know what there's been like five bad things that have happened and it's kind of hard to be right. in a good mood today uh and, and and i was being glib when i said there was two kinds because it's like it's a combination of the things it doesn't matter your bad mood still means the exact same thing and committing to your bad mood is still practical the problem is when people connect uh, factuality to their mood. Right. When you say, regardless of the cause of your bad mood, when you say that because of your bad mood, you need to do something, and we all know what the stuff you want to do when you're in a bad mood is, um, or, but this is something that we overlook a lot, when you think that, because, that, that you're in a bad mood because of the shit that happened to you recently, because of everything that your life has been. Those are big mistakes. You're connecting shit that may be co-relative, but it's not cause-effective. Uh, like, like, and that's why, but if you can just go, I am in a bad mood. Here's how I feel when I'm in a bad mood. I feel like this. Yeah. And you write it down or like just feel it so much that you create any kind of snapshot with it. I'm telling you that snapshot is as valuable to humanity as a photograph from a, an oceanographer of the Marianas Trench. Like, like because you might be experiencing depths that are no deeper than the person that never went deeper, but you're experiencing depths from a, a, an angle that 
has never been seen. Uh, and we need, before we all die, bef when we will probably die by our own hand, so <laughs> no matter how depressed you get, why bother killing yourself when you know humanity will do that for you? <laughs> Um, uh, like, leave it to them. It's like well, the one area of human society that you can leave to the customer service department. <laughs> like, you know they'll get around to it. You don't have to do it, but I'm not saying logic is a reason to not hurt yourself. I'm just saying when you're at that point when it feels like you have no course of action other than something, I'm telling you, fucking wait it out uh, because you are a sensor that has been shot from mm -hmm. God uh, like to like look at that spot. It's the spot that only you can see. It may seem unremarkable. No life grows there. It's jagged and unfriendly and all it says to you is fuck you. You shouldn't be here. Well, that's the whole point of a probe. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't be there. <laughs> and you won't be there at some point. Like, you will get out of there, but and you will be stronger, and the people around you will be stronger because you got down there and you saw that shit. And you live down there, Fred Stoller. No, uh, you are you are a you are a Marianas Trench wow. cruiser. My God. Uh, church. To make it to, like, I was out here, like, like, every day, you're just, like, cruising through the fucking depths, the lowest places that the ocean can afford. <laughs> That's uh, valuable data to everybody. No, you... It's going to end up making Jared Kushner live a, a more fruitful life. <laughs> he's going to be on his elliptical, and he's going to be like, I learned from Fred that there's a new way to describe the feeling you have when wow. watermelon makes you feel bad. <laughs> no, it's... Yeah, it's drugs. I kind of lost it at the end there. Cause. That's why <laughs> drugs, what the, you, I get things, but I can't articulate it. That's why this guy's amazing. You can articulate Because I can things. articulate nothing. <laughs> I'm, like a, I'm like a box, and if a breeze blows through it, it sounds like something's being said. <laughs> so when you hold it up to anyone, uh, but you have to hold it up at a distance. Yeah, all right. Well, we should end our show. Um, uh, I got I got real drunk during it because I love listening to you oh, yeah. and and like so uh, you you you, you the, 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 what's the book tell us the book again so we can like get off it's this called, podcast and go get it it's called five minutes to kill there's a subtitle they came up with how the HBO young comedian special changed the lives of 1989 six funniest people. That's they came up. With okay. The well, it sounds like they're, like they're okay. It's a dollar ninety nine, but it's legit. I can't wait to read the book by their marketing department called uh, <laughs> "Refining: The Key to Killing Something." <laughs> <laughs> because whatever it's called, whether it's grapes or celery, it should be short, and we should remember it. Five minutes to kill. Five minutes to kill. <laughs> Forget yeah. the other part. Please tell your publisher to <laughs> stop doing that. Uh, Fred Stoller, everybody. Thank you so much. Brandon Johnson was your comptroller. Ori, Ori's going to come back with his dad, and we're going to we're going to connect about this very common story about fathers and sons. You drift apart, then you come back. I want to I want to I want to be there for the and collect the loose change that hits the floor. For sure. Steve Levy, you did so good at Spencer's job. By not saying anything. Yeah. All right. Wow. Great. But you did. You scheduled something for tomorrow. I'm supposed to just write another show. Yeah. I'll just write another show tomorrow. Yes. While everyone else is memorializing things. Yeah, but then you get to celebrate Memorial Day with a triple-A celebrity tomorrow night. <laughs>
Triple A. I gotta look at what he's talking about. I'm having <laughs> I'm having Andy Kindler guilt for those comments. But right. oh, come on! I already met him. Wow. He doesn't even like me. I don't even know what to, that, that's a he mix clearly up. does. I'm gonna he explain it's a mix up. Could be anybody. All right. <laughs> well, Cancel all of it, but no, don't. The the guy, the A list guy, he'll think it's a famous prank. Uh, all right, the the the, the uh, 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 rap. Give me a rap beat. I'm gonna rap. But then Fred, Fred, when I point at you, yeah. you have to like don't. You have to just say, just say say what you're say. Just just be the my Fred Stoller inner voice. Be my okay. Fred Stoller right. inner voice. Do we have a track? We have anything queued up? I can make one on GarageBand. <laughs> you're not ready yet, Liberace. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, little volume, yeah. please. Yeah, heard him dead. Yeah, yeah. Oh Lord. Oh God above. I pray for the strength. Yeah. Fuck! I pray for cord length. Yo, 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 yo. I pray for your strength. I pray in church. I pray for more cord length. I want the insulation and the 60 cycle hum. I want your mama and your daddy to say, drum, drum, drum from the savage to the to the collaborative. A society's got nothing to give when it grows from one strong chimp to a bunch of simple shit that goes beyond limp and do across the space to the moon and then you don't go back. Why, why don't we live in there? Did we have a, an attack of neuroses? Are we not going places that we need to be? Intimidated by the crowd. I thought they wanted to hear sci-fi animation stuff. And they're going, who's this fucking older guy? He's sort of familiar, but I think they like some of the stuff. Maybe the writing, Seinfeld, I don't know. Oh, you don't give it the strength. Give me some of that cord leg. Yo. I went into a car and I drove to a tar pit. I saw the dinosaur and more. I went down into it and I said, I'm now extinct like you. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat you up. But you're covered in tar, so you taste worse than a candy bar. But I'll, when you're in my stomach, I'll take you far into the reaches of the place where carbon-based life couldn't reach. I'm glad my relatives are older and don't listen to this podcast. I'm nervous that they're going to hear about mushrooms and spending money at Malibu. Freddie, you, you have the money? Why'd you do that? She took advantage. They're strangers. Stars, cosmic stars. Stardust from Mars goes down on your planet. And you know, no matter how hard you plan it, you can't make a motherfucking thing happen to you that wasn't gonna happen to you. I've had a dick and it was a flag. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm so drunk I can't lag from my rapping and my rhyming. Won't fuck a mama tonight. Mike Eagles voices in my mind tonight. I gotta stay on the flow. I gotta rap down and low. I gotta I'm thinking about it too hard. Get out of my yard. This is a rap. I'm rapping. Confident now after doing tonight. 
gonna go home without the GPS. <laughs> Make my way back to Cantor's, get some food. That's how confident I am. I'll find Kawenga somehow without the GPS. I'll do it. Maybe, maybe I got some tweets. Some, I haven't checked my thing in like two hours. This is great. Longest I've gone. All right, Fred Stoller, everybody. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for coming, everybody. Brandon Johnson, Zach McKeever, Sarah Hill. Uh, <laughs> I'm too drunk. Do you remember anybody that works on the show? I think you nailed it. Okay. <laughs> There's somebody back there. Chris Baruff, who does Chris everything. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, just pretend you kept clapping longer. Make some noise. Good night, Burbank. This has been Harmontown. Drive fast. Live, live fast. Drive faster. <laughs> <laughs>